following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host today, the Bootleg Better Boots. Hey, welcome back. Now that we found love, what are we gonna do <laughs> with it? Oh well. Jordan, love don't throw late over the middle. It'll get picked, especially across the body like that. Uh, it was ugly. Uh, ugly throw. It was Brett Favre. Brett, yeah, it was it was a far throw. They showed the, the like the, the side, the side by, by side. Oh man! Oh man! Oh, it was exactly. You had it, brother. <laughs> you a minute left. You had it. Two yep. timeouts. What are you doing? <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. Look, but that's that. Look, I'm gonna say this about this team, and we're gonna be jumping into scores. The Packers were streaky all year. They had these these bouts where they would go three games hot, and then they would cool off for two or three. And then but they got hot for the last five or mm-hmm. six, though. Yeah, sort of. I mean, look at the teams they faced. I mean, Chicago, come on. You play who you play. <laughs> oh, I hate that. It's such a cop-out. But you still have to produce. And, yeah, and, and he mm-hmm. they, they were winning. I'll, I'll give them that. They were, they were hot coming into the playoffs. They got hot at the right time. Right. Coming into the playoffs. I really do, and and that team's going to be on the up and up. They they really the are. Team in the playoffs. Yep, they're going to they're going to be on the up and up. They've got a lot of young, really special talents. Guys yeah. like Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks and yeah. all these these guys, right? But I I was really um, you got to credit the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, you know they they took their best shot. The the Packers did. They took their best shot, and and the Niners uh, uh, withstood their best shot. You know, and and you got to give it to them. I, I was I was pretty pretty blown away by the Niners, and they withstood the the Packers' best shot without Debo Samuel on the field for about ninety five percent of that game. Yeah, got it. Got to give More them credit. Like ninety seven point nine. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. it, it was first drive. I mean, so um, yeah. The the divisional round is in the books, though. We've got you know the four games that that uh, took place last week. It was actually a really good divisional weekend. Really yeah. good divisional round. A uh, lot of close games, a lot of one-score games, games yeah. that, you know, uh, there was only one game that was really a, a blowout, and uh, we're, we're going to be talking about those in a second. I, I love that we're in the middle of the playoffs. The coaching carousel's in full swing. We've got yeah. that going on. we got our prospects going on. So this week, I'm going to be doing my receiver prospects. But moving forward, Boots, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited because I am going, I have, I've, got, I've given you some homework. <laughs> some homework. Yeah. Uh, My dog ate it. <laughs> giving you some homework. So right. moving forward, I'm going to have you, instead of me giving my top five prospects, I'm going to have you giving your top five prospects at each position. Mm-hmm. And then what we're going to do is we're going to have the return of a segment that was formerly on this show known as Freytown's Forgotten Five. So I, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you my, my uh, sleepers at the position, or, or the other five players that I liked at the position, 
um, you know, that, that maybe that you didn't uh, have on your list. All right. Yeah. So, right. so much All like right. we had the bootleg B team from last year, we'll have Freight Town's Forgotten Five. The Freight Town Forgotten Five. Yeah. Yes, sir. It sounded like a, a band. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Henson. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. The Forgotten <laughs> Five. Fozzie. Yeah, buddy. But uh, Waka Waka. But, <laughs> but we, we've got some stuff to jump into. Um, Boots, let's jump into this divisional round. You ready to roll? Ready to roll. All right, let's jump in. Here are your scores from the divisional round. Starting out with the Vikings, or the Vikings, the Ravens and the Texans. My Lord. Ca-ca. The Ravens go out. They get the W here, 34-10. to 10. Uh, You know, look, I, I didn't expect the Texans to win this game. Some of us did. So, um, I didn't. I, this was this was Baltimore. It, it read Baltimore to me all day, all day long. The Texans, they accomplished a lot this year. But in this game, they get they get slapped around by Baltimore. That they, they got where they they got where we expected them to go. Further than we expected them to go. We, yeah, we they definitely. improved. They improved a ton. They made it to the divisional round. This season was a, a monumental success for the Houston Texans. But in the end, it wasn't meant to be. Obviously, you know, a, a beating at the hands of the the very seasoned. Baltimore Ravens team that has just been firmly in control all year long, and, and they just drub them. Uh, Lamar Jackson was the star of the show here. 16 for 22, 152 yards, two touchdowns. He also had 11 carries for over 100, for 100 yards even and two touchdowns. Lamar went off in this game. This is why he's in the MVP discussion. This is why people are, are I mean, he's basically leading the charge. I mean, he's the consensus MVP this year, um, according to the NFL. You know, Lamar had himself a damn good game in this one. He or, did. I mean, it, it was. I'm noticing something, though, about the the Baltimore offense, and and it's it, it's traditional, but it's not. They run the ball at you, and they're gonna pound on you until you can't breathe. And then when you're sucking wind and you can't breathe, Lamar Jackson's gonna start throwing bombs. And start throwing passes to Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Likely, and 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 then they you're you're already sucking wind, you're already on your heels. They they wear you out with body shots here. That's exactly what they did to Houston in this game. Well, that's always how they've been traditionally built, right? Mm-hmm. And they haven't gone away from that until this this season, where the specific you know departure of of uh, Greg Roman and yep. even of Todd Mocking as the offensive coordinator, it made that to where you can meld both the uh, run and the pass. And they don't have to lean exclusively on Lamar as much as they were. But, I mean, I couldn't tell because he had 11 carries, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. They didn't look rusty, the Baltimore Ravens. They didn't look rusty. Uh, Now, I could (laughs) – the 49ers looked a little little bit rusty, especially Brock Purdy. But Lamar and and the Ravens, they did not – yeah, the the you know you would think that there's going to be um, sort of a hangover from having yeah. that those couple of weeks off, and yeah. and they did not have that hangover. They looked they looked prepared. Um, they they looked like they handily uh, uh, just manhandled the, the Houston Texans here, and and Houston got the hangover. Yeah, Houston. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Houston. I mean 19 for 33 for C.J. Stroud, 175 yards. He, he, they just struggled against a very seasoned Baltimore defense. Uh, everybody on that defense, everything about Baltimore was just complimentary football across the board. And really, this game was was close in the first half. We get, and then after we got to halftime, I mean, that's where things kind of yeah. ran away. I mean, 
Baltimore, I mean, if you look at it, seven points in the second quarter, but then the whopping 17 in the fourth quarter just finished them off. Yeah, there's and, and hats off, as they say, to C.J. Stroud and what a wonderful uh, rookie campaign at the quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, clearly the best quarterback of this class coming in, um, especially after all the cards have been dealt and, and played. Even though I love Anthony Richardson, the injury cuts the, the uh, season short. Right. But C.J. Stroud did a wonderful job all year long, uh, even missing those three games. But when he came back, he put the team on his back, and they responded and got them got the got the Houston Texans to a place they hadn't they hadn't seen in a, in a long time. Yeah, yeah, they've been they've been sitting in the doldrums of the league, right? They, yeah. They've been sitting near the bottom. Here we are. I mean, and it was I I, I got to tell you, I I like. I wanted the Texans to win that game. I really did because I like the Texans a lot, and and I like what C.J. Stroud's doing over there. I, I really enjoyed watching Nico Collins. Nico yeah. Collins, and in, in, especially in the latter part of the season, I mean, those last few games was just on fire. Yeah. And and really, I especially it, against the Browns. Yeah. Oh my lord! Some of the the catches he, I mean, in in against Indianapolis too. I mean, like those catches he was making coming back for the ball, like those underthrown balls and. You know, picking up these these circus catch first downs. I mean, it was it was like holy shit. Yeah. You know, if you if you look at at what they're what they accomplished in Houston through the draft, you know, with with them putting their balls in the wheelbarrow, you know, and yeah. just strutting yeah, ass up right there. On yeah, day. they said, "Will you know, we're we're gonna get our guy. We're gonna get Will Anderson. We're gonna get C.J. Stroud. We're gonna we're gonna load this team up with stars." And and I I really do think. And Brad Holmes, obviously, he he's won uh, uh, front office guy of the year or whatever. I forget what the NFL executive of the year yeah. with the Lions, and and rightfully so. But if there are other guys that that I mean, less needs in the conversation, and then you're talking over here with the Houston Texans because they still have a first round pick for this year. They didn't really give up anything to get C.J. Stroud. They they did the right thing. It, it's been pretty phenomenal to see the turnaround in Houston. They have a, a bright future ahead. They have the picks in order to do the things they need to do. You know, it's funny that you bring this up because you look at the, the teams that are in the playoffs and left, and you talk about GMs. You've got Eric DaCosta and, and, uh, yeah. and Ozzy Newsom over there in Baltimore. And, of course, you've got John Lynch in, mm-hmm. in San Francisco and, and, the, and the Packers have always had strong office. Uh, yeah, strong uh, Bri- office. Brian Gutenkunst Brian. over there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you look in, you look at these teams that are in the playoffs and you look at the office mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's like in football and field, you, we say it all starts up front, right? With yep. the offensive defensive line. So in the organization, it all starts up front in that front office. Yeah. So you have to have strong leadership in the offices in order to get right here to the playoffs. Sure. And and we, we see it kind of playing out. And, and a lot of it starts for these teams in the draft and the way that they, they, they uh, draft their teams and these young players and create uh, long-term franchise success. Yeah by finding those right guys and, and this this year's draft is no different. It's it's front low it's it's totally loaded with offensive talent. I just I can't wait to to get in and draft up. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Um, moving on to the next game, the Packers go out and drop this one to the 49ers. The Packers get eliminated from the playoffs. We talked about it a little bit. Jordan Love with a nasty ugly throw over his body gets picked off to end this game. Um, it was Grody. Ain't no love. 
<laughs> in the heart of the city. Ain't no, oh. ain't no love in the playoffs anymore either. No. Uh, Jordan Love, 21 for 34, 194, two touchdowns, two interceptions, including the ugly one that ended this football game. You know, Brock Purdy, he was not a world beater. Brock? Brock. He, he was not a world beater in this game. Uh, you know, twenty three for thirty nine, two fifty two, and a touchdown. He, he looked he looked bad for a good chunk of the game. Yeah, he did. But in the end, mm. you know, he made a few key plays and, and kept the drive going at the end, and, and allowed uh, Christian McCaffrey to get that you know yep. touchdown, the, the, you know, the go ahead touchdown. The, the Packers got really really hot uh, around you know, and in, in the, the box score kind of shows that the Packers the Packers got really hot in the third quarter. Yeah. And when they got hot in the third quarter, it, it seemed like this game was going to get away from the Niners. Then they scored a touchdown to, to bring it closer. And then we got to the fourth quarter, and they really held the Packers down in the fourth quarter. And you know what else happened? What's that? Anders Carlson missed a field goal. Yep, yep, he did. You see, and a lot of times it comes down to how many field goals are you attempting? Yep. The Green Bay Packers attempted three field goals. No way in the world you should be attempting three field goals in the play. I'm sorry. Yeah. Those should be touchdowns. What, you what, have to convert those to touchdowns. What, what did we say on this show? Field goals field get you beat. Field goals get you beat. Yep. And, and here we are. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> I, I think that's that was a part of it because at that point when Carlson misses that field goal, it just it shifts not only the, the field position but the game, the mental aspect of the game. is Now you're going to be coaching – maybe calling plays differently because are we going to give this kid another shot at it? Right. You know, you know what yep. I mean? So you may end up going for it on fourth down when you didn't really want to because the guy missed the field goal the last time out mm-hmm. and it's still raining. Right? Yeah, and and I, I was um, I was pretty blown away by a few things in this game. First thing I was blown away by, uh, the, Brock Purdy, even though he wasn't phenomenal uh, in this game, I will say in that final drive, when it when it came, to it, I mean, we're we're talking four for four or four for five, and and he had some beautiful throws. Oh, had a good run, a key yeah, run, yeah, key run. It, yep, through. I mean, a key third was third and five. He made a great pass to Brandon Ayuk, uh, and and got a, got a first down there. A key first down. It was an excellent throw. I mean, right over the middle. Ayuk coming across. I mean, it was it was just beautifully done. Uh, when it came to not cutting time, Brock Purdy shine you know in this game he shined in this situation um but ultimately let's be real it's it would this was the christian mccaffrey game you know this this was 17 carries 98 yards two touchdowns he was the driving force against a packers defense that really hasn't been too good against the run uh all, all season long they've been one of the the lowest teams against the run uh lowest ranked teams against the run they they struggled all year and they struggled in this one too as did the 49ers because Aaron Jones, 18 carries, 108 yards, and he was a monster throughout that game. And, yeah. And the Packers' offense felt different when Aaron Jones went out to catch a blow, a blow or break or whatever. You know, Emmanuel Wilson comes in and not quite the same. Yeah, not the same. One thing I will note, is I, I want to take note of, and, and two guys, that there were two guys on the field for those Aaron Jones runs. Both, if I'm not mistaken, both uh, bootleg B-teamers. Musgrave and Kraft, a lot of times, yes. were both on the field during that game. They, they were almost in, in seven-man fronts almost all game long, handing that yeah. ball off to Aaron Jones. It seemed like every drive, you know, that's that's what was going on. 
Aaron Jones had himself a great game in this, too. I mean, and, and Tucker Craft, he only had three catches for nine yards, but he did get in the end zone. Bo Melton, he had a catch for 19 yards and a touchdown. You know, uh, Romeo Dobbs had some big catches, but down the stretch in the fourth quarter, they really shut down Romeo Dobbs in this game. And and I was I was very surprised by the fact that Romeo Dobbs was was tearing them up as big as he was, especially yeah. in the second and third quarter. And throughout the middle of this game, uh, he was just setting the world ablaze. Yeah, and they, you didn't hear a whole lot from Jaden Reed in the uh, in the past game either for yeah. the receiving game because. The secondary, I mean, Steve Wilkes is the defense coordinator, and they still have a, a, a pretty good secondary, and they got a, a really good foundation as it is. Yeah, yeah. The, the Niners' defense. I expected a little bit more from Jaden. Yeah. The the Niners' defense uh, is a damn good defense, and, and a lot of people, um, you know, thought that they were going to struggle a little bit with Jason Verrett going down and, and not being back for the rest of the year, and they really. They shined in a lot of ways in this game uh, at certain points. you, you got to give them a ton of credit. Um, you know, to Holden Jordan Love, who had been red hot coming into this game, uh, to 194 yards, right? And and picking them off twice, too, on top of it. I mean, they, they had some key key moments in this game, key turnovers. They created a lot of good stuff. Um, throwing off his back foot. Come on, man. Yeah, can't do like, it. We, there are times when you can, and it, and – depending on the game situation, but the on the broadcast, they made a point to talk about it. You know, how how he was thrown off of his back foot and, and off of, you know, odd platforms. And yep. he was, Jordan Love was saying he was feeling comfortable mm-hmm. doing that. Well, no! No, don't, don't feel comfortable That's doing that. That's not <laughs> what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Right? At all times, Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, had flawless fundamentals mm-hmm. and that's what kept him playing for as long as he did and producing for as long as he did hard work and flawless fundamentals yep stop throwing off your back foot yep I, it drives me nuts and that's one of the things i and it's funny you say that because that's one of my my knocks on michael Penix. but i digress <laughs> i digress so, um, yeah, the uh, Niners, they get the W here. They looked a little rusty, but they get it done. They're heading to the NFC title game against the next team. The Detroit Lions go out. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-23. to The Lions uh, the Lions go ahead. They advance to the NFC title game. Um, it, you know, the, this was kind of expected. The Lions go out. They beat a bad Bucks team that came out of the worst division in football. I, I expected this. I mean, this... It just is what it is. The Mayfield magic, as we call it, sort of wore off in this game. Um, and they gave the Lions a little bit of a run for their money until late when the Lions scored late. But, man, Mike Evans, what a day for him. Yeah. <laughs> Receptions, 147 and a touchdown. Yeah, he bailed out Baker on one, on, uh, on that big throw. On a couple of them. Yeah. A couple yeah. of throws. That sliding catch that he, uh, mm-hmm. that he made. He, you know, Mike Evans bailed out Baker, but... Man, I, I gotta tell you, this, you know, Tampa had their entire complement of, of defenders back. So yep. You can call them a bad Tampa team if, if, if you want. They were, they were bad this year. But Let's be the real. The fact is, every, you know, everybody was was 90, they had 98% of their, you know, defense back, mm-hmm. right? And the Lions was, were able to capitalize and, and threw the ball all over the yard and put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a position where they had to chase points. Yeah, right? and and really it was late. I mean, if you if you look at, you know, they, they really for three quarters they went point for point. 
Uh, first quarter, two field goals. Second quarter, two touchdowns. Third quarter, two touchdowns. And then the fourth quarter is where it really got away. Um, I really didn't like the decision in this game. Uh, Todd Bowles going for two. I that didn't like that. Is Dan Gamble no. infecting yeah. the whole league? Right. And well, and here's the right? thing. Here's the thing that gets me about that. And I hate to sound, I hate to sound like this, oh. but I gotta say it. <laughs> I hate to sound like. But this. I gotta say it. Okay. Yeah. For years. Yeah. For years since you 2014. Hate to sound like this. Hey, Yoel. Yeah. For years since uh-huh. 2014, since that that Lions Dallas playoff game. Yeah. All we've heard about is that missed pass interference call that, yeah. oh, the Lions got robbed, and da-da-da-da-da. And, and Are I, you? Now look, on that two-point conversion, I knew it. on that two-point conversion, you knew it. You knew it was coming. On that two-point conversion, it was the exact same goddamn play. It was the exact same thing. I never want to hear about that play ever again. Ever. Because it was the exact same thing, and the Lions fans seemed to be okay with the fact that they got away with it, and they did. They got away with it. Todd Bowles shouldn't have gone for it, but they got away with it. It may have been a penalty. However... Did he play Did he play the ball? I mean, it, I'll put it like this. It's no longer the same old Lions, right? So it's, it, it can't be the same old Lions mm, fans. Right? It's the same old Lions So. Fans. If, if, if it isn't the same old Lions, then it can't be the same old Lions fans. So, same old Lions fans, stop talking about the P.I. in Dallas. But when there was plenty of time left in the game, and much like this one, there was plenty of time left oh, yeah. in the game. Oh, yeah. Right? So, it, it could have been a, it could have been a penalty call, sure. But sometimes that's what we call home cooking. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Right? Uh, you know, we, they were in Detroit. Um, you know, it, the, the Lions get away with it. They they haven't stopped talking about that Dallas PI for a long time. Now now that this has happened, and I saw what I saw, I said I, I never want to hear about that PI ever again because you guys just got away with the same thing, and in the two point conversion, we we might be talking about a different football game uh, if that's the case. See, and again, why are you going for two? But yeah, it, it, yeah there, I wouldn't. There was, no, there was no need for it. Uh, it, it seems silly. I I understand like. I understand being, you know, wanting to go for the win or whatever the case may be, but do that on the second touchdown if you get it. Yeah, you know? that's exactly. <laughs> you, know, like, you don't do it on the first one, mm-hmm. and then you lean on your defense to stop the Lions, and then you come back out, you score, and then you go for two right. to take the throw. It, it's, you know, so again, what have I said before? Sometimes people are better being coordinators than they are head coaches. And, and we've never liked, I've never liked Todd Bowles. I know you're not a big fan I didn't I'm like a fan him. of him as a coordinator. Yeah, but not as a head coach. But he was terrible really with the Jets. Terrible with the Jets, right? And now this Bucks team's. Yeah, it, yep. Well, if you look at the the Buccaneers yeah. team now, yeah. looking at their future, the window is closed. I mean, yeah. look at all the free agents that they have coming up. Levante David's going to be that whole that whole epic linebacking crew. Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, Devin White, all gone. Free agents. Mike Evans yeah. going bye bye. Yeah. You know. This was their shot. Yep, Chase McLaughlin, gone. Baker Mayfield, gone. I mean, like, you're, you're talking about, I mean, it's like they're wiping out their, almost their whole roster. And then we will talk about it later. Spoiler alert. 
Offensive coordinator. Yep, yep, offensive coordinator, gone. You know, as for the Lions, they they move on to take on a very tough San Francisco 49ers team. Uh, Jared Goff, 30 for 43, 287, two touchdowns. He played mistake-free football in this game. And I'm going to give your man his flowers. Jameer Gibbs had himself a hell of a game in this one. Hey! He did, he did. Nine carries, 74 yards, and 8.2 average. He had a touchdown in this one. He also had uh, four catches for 40 yards. In this one, I mean, he had himself a hell of a game. He did. I, I was impressed. That was a I big was in, touchdown. That was impressive. Thirty-yard touchdown. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. He it, scored, brother. Nobody touches him. Yeah. He right? he is so elusive. Yeah. And that's that's I, like everybody made a big deal out of out of like saying he had like this breakneck speed. He doesn't have breakneck speed, but what he's got is he's got elusiveness that that I'm impressed by. There's there's been so many moments where guys defenders have come up, they've gone to tackle him, and and it's he kind of shimmy shakes one way and the defender yeah. whiffs. <laughs> and, and, and we've seen it a couple of times. Uh, and, and he doesn't lose speed. Yeah. When he did, when he when he breaks and, and jukes. Yeah. Right? He, he had a couple of the, the last three games have been a little rough for him. This one, yeah, I mean, he he blew the doors off of uh, Tampa Bay, uh, a Tampa Bay team that has notoriously been good against the run. So I'm impressed by that because he he actually put up numbers against a team that. Hey, these guys have been good against the run all year long. There Tampa has. They've been good against the run. Got to get. I, I can't. Uh, I can't not give them credit. No, right, you know, right, like, say, I can't. Twelve rushing touchdowns. Right, right. I can't know. not give them credit for the. At least for this uh, game, I can't not give them credit. Um, you know, he he went out and he, he tore up a team that was actually good against the run. So and uh, but you got You got to love it. Sam Laporta, nine receptions, sixty-five yards. You know, Laporta, Big time. It, yeah, it's one thing that, that gets me about Laporta, if he's manned up, he struggles. But when he's in zone, he's fantastic. He's a zone coverage like, demolisher at this point. That's kind of what I look at him as. Yeah. Uh, uh, really good against zone, bad against man. You saw how he struggled again, and I understand he was hurt. But every time he's been in man coverage, he's been shut down. He got but shut down against what last last week we against the remember, Rams. We have to remember the last time that the Lions played the Buccaneers this season, the same thing happened. Because what did we just what did you just talk about that ex, that wonderful linebacker crew? Yep. Right. But they don't they don't play a lot of man. That's that's the the thing about about the Bucks. It's a lot of a lot of zone, a lot of co- they were talking about on the broadcast. A lot of a lot of deep cover three is what they like to play. And I, I just said, man, this is going to be this is going to be just Sam Laporta all day. You know, just just hammering that zone coverage. And he did just that. He did what he did. He did his job. He did what he was supposed to do in the situation. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, speaking of guys that do what they're supposed to do, eight receptions, 77 yards in this one. I'm convinced, uh, we, we talked about it last week, I'll say it again, top five receiver in this league, hands down. I mean, he's, he's probably uh, uh, one of, if not the best possession receiver out there right now. That's, yeah, that's, he, that's he, how I look at him. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely the best possession. Yeah. Um, he's just, he's excellent. Um, so the Lions, they advanced in the NFC title game against the 49ers. We'll be talking about that momentarily. And jumping into this uh, last game of the week, the Chiefs go out and beat the Bills again. 20, again. 27-24, this time <laughs> in Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes shows up 17 for 23, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Josh Allen turns into a pumpkin, 26 for 39, 186 and a touchdown. He also ran. He had 12 carries for 72 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Look, first of all, I am convinced that 
Stefan Diggs has played his last game as a Buffalo Bill. I'm convinced. I'm I'm almost waiting for the trademark Twitter scrub that we've oh, seen. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting for some of that diva shit to come out. Stefan Diggs is so sick of losing to the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs every single freaking year. It's yeah. damn near every year. Last year it happened to be the, the Bengals, but for three out of the last four, you've lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs. Whether it's an AFC title game, whether it's a divisional round game, yeah. you know, they, at home or at, on the road. Yeah, at home or on the road, it's 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 like a Dr. Seuss book at this point. Like, I mean, just I will I I will not beat Patrick Mahomes here or there. I will not beat him anywhere, right? So I mean, like if you look at, at the Bills, I, I just I, I feel like Diggs has probably played his last game as a Bill. And and he he's he, look, I understand he's got a big contract. I think he's gonna get traded. Will the Bills ever get over the hump? I think that you know where I think I see Josh Allen's trajectory? And it's strange to say. I s- Kelly. No John Elway. That last gasp at the end, at the end. where he finally gets there. And and I'm just it, we're gonna be waiting a while. We, we gotta remember this guy is what 26, 27 years old. We're gonna be waiting about another 10 years before that Buffalo Bills team finally gets over the hump and finally gets him the ring. And it's gonna be instead of this one for John, it's gonna be this one's for Josh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Golly. He's a good quarterback. He is. He's a good quarterback. Good. And I understand people gave him all kinds of shit about the turnovers and whatever the case may be. He's a gunslinging type of guy. I, I felt like they, even though they got hot late, look, I don't know that Joe Brady is the best option as the offensive coordinator for this team, but they're going to roll with him because they won games late. They, you know, they started 6-6. Six and six. They ended up, you know, 11-6. and six or, I mean, you they, know. they put up 24 against yep. Kansas City. Yep. And, and I just... I don't know. I have questions about this Buffalo Bills team now, and, and they're going to have to go in this draft and, and address a few things. They're going to have to go in free agency and address a few things. I'm sure they're kicking themselves right now over that Von Miller contract with all this stuff going on with him off the field and all the bullshit. I, you know, I will just hope they don't miss because apparently they miss kicks. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was the big thing. Tyler Bass misses the game-tying field goal at the uh-huh. end there. Josh Allen, uh-huh. look, Josh Allen got him where he needed to be. Kicking field goals yeah. get you beat. Yeah, it does, but Josh Allen got him in range. He, well, he did his job, right? Until he missed Stephon Diggs on the open underneath route. Yep, yep. And short arm, a surefire touchdown pass, right? Now, one thing I will say about, about uh, Stephon Diggs, there was a ball yeah. beautifully thrown. Yeah. It was perfect. 64 yards, surefire touchdown in yeah. his hands. Had two defenders beat, yep. drops it. That was a surefire, no yeah. doubt about it. That's a touchdown. That's a go-ahead touchdown. Allen placed that ball perfectly. He did, and and it just, I and, I just that happens. But at the yep. end of the game, there where we were just referencing in, in the red zone, you've got Stephon Diggs open underneath. Right, just throw it. It's a first down if you throw it to him. Right, but it's a touchdown if you throw it to a blue. Was it Shakir? Yeah. Uh, or Sherfield? One of those two. I'm sorry. I think it was Shakir. Okay, so I don't mind Shakir. I, li- I really like Khalil Shakir. But 
he wasn't the guy you should have been throwing to. Yeah, get get to the sticks. Get to the sticks. It's <laughs> third down. Just get to the sticks. I know you want to be the heat. You know, oh, he's in the end zone. It's open. Well, you got to make that pass. Then. Yeah, yeah. You better make sure right? it's perfect. Exactly. You yeah. can't short arm that. He did it a few weeks ago against Miami, and it got picked. The exact same situation. So, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm sorry. It, it, when it when it comes to what are we missing with Josh yeah, Allen? Yeah, when it comes to nut cutting when time. When it comes to nut cutting time, it's yeah. You know, when you he need said it. it. When you need it, it's it's and it hadn't been happening for Buffalo, right. man. It's I feel bad for him. Yeah, I, I do. Mean, what a franchise! How many times can their hearts be broken? Yeah, especially you know it, uh, you got major Scott Norwood vibes watching that kick right? go wide right. I mean, Boom! It just was. And and, it, and I felt, it looked good for like a half a second, and then it just yeah to the right, bro. Just I I felt for the Bills in this one. I really did. I felt for the Bills, and the reason I feel for the Bills in this situation is because you know like and. and uh, as Vikings fans, we know all about playoff missed field goals, right? Oh, yeah. We we know all about that that hurt from from Gary Anderson to Blair to Blair Walsh to what Ryan Longwell. Oh. We 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 know these things, right? Oh. And 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 to see it happen to them, you know, at a time when you needed to tie the game up, yeah. have it go wide right. But you're, usually for us, it's wide left. You know? You're right, <laughs> right. Well, here's another thing too. Like I was told, Dan Gamble in, infecting the league. What are you doing, mm-hmm. McDermott? Going for a fake field goal with 12 minutes left to go in the yeah, game. Yeah, that was another Not thing. Not a fake field. I'm sorry, fake punt. Fake punt. Yeah. 12 minutes left to go in the game. <laughs> you in a fake punt? Why? Why? And and then it wasn't. And you were only down three. Well, well, I'm not even mad at the fake punt per se. You know what I'm mad at? The, the play. The play itself. The uh, fuck you handing it off to Demar Hamlin for? Right. Well, that would have been C. See, and that's where you go with the moment, other uh, instead of an actual, you know, play. Because let's say Demar Hamlin gets that and gets that first down. He's that a hero, stadium, right, right yeah, in the yeah. stadium. Oh, what a viral moment! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I, I don't give a shit about the viral no. moment. I give a shit about winning. Thank you. You know, and and it, it's very similar to to I, I look at this. This that play and and that sort of meltdown of that play, yeah. I look at it very similarly to Indianapolis's situation in their playoff or in their, in their, well, I mean it might as well have been a playoff game, but in the AFC South Championship game against Houston, oh, throwing the ball yeah. out there on fourth down to, to Tyler Goodson. Yeah, Tyler Goodson, a nobody. Oh, you know, <laughs> you're depending on you're depending on. Uh, Gardner Minshew to, a backup get quarterback. There, to get you there yep. when he wasn't going to be the guy in the first place and Jonathan Taylor had been tearing up the yep. and, but you're going to throw it to Tyler Goodson <sighs> Tyler Goodson uh, unbelievable unbelievable so uh, mo- the Ravens advance to go take on the Chiefs the, Ra- the Niners advance to go take on the Lions and well, let's jump into these conference championship games these predictions look uh this this first and foremost the three o'clock game Chiefs and Ravens here we go look I think that the Chiefs are um, a damn good team this year they they, yeah. they they struggled early on Patrick Mahomes is a different animal in the playoffs can we just can I say something too also sure. that I missed I got to give props to Mar- Marquez Valdez can uh, who actually caught something 
Man, he caught a few <laughs> key first downs, and he had some key plays in that game. Yes, he I did. know I talked about him a whole lot. Yeah, the all season. these drops he had. All these yeah, drops. Yeah. Him and Kadarius Tony, Will, Kader- and Miko Hartman. Yeah. Again, why are you not just handing the ball to Isaiah Pacheco? You should be. But you're going to do a jet <laughs> sweep for Miko Hartman? Yep. That's that's Bro. your big play? That's your big call? See? See? <laughs> See, Andy Reid losing his mind, too. What yeah. are you doing? Keep his ass on the punt team. Reedy getting greedy. Ah, Lee. <laughs> I'm watching like, what are you doing? This is Isaiah Pacheco just has been pounding yeah. the Buffalo Bills straight up the gut, and you decide to do a jet sweep on the goal line. To Hardman. To Hardman. Unbelievable. But, hey, I mean, to be fair, they still won. They still, they still won. Um, by the by, the hair of their chinny chin chin. Yeah. But uh, you know, the Chiefs, they're they're a whole different animal. Andy Reid is is a spectacular coach. Whether or not, I mean, I didn't agree with the jet sweep, but he's still a spectacular coach. He is. Um, now looking at at Patrick Mahomes, he's been a completely de- like he turns into to the Terminator when you get to the playoffs. I mean, yeah. he just he's something else. But. I also look over at this Ravens team, and we just got done talking about it, that that slow-burn offense yeah. that just wears on you. And, and that's what they do. They, they're gut-punching you over and over and over again. Body shots, body blows, body blows until you, you can't breathe. Yeah. And then when you're sucking wind and you're on your heels and, and you, you can't handle what they're doing, they just start throwing the haymakers at you. And, and just lay out, you know, and, and Lamar, I mean, I love watching it. They run the ball heavy at you, and then Lamar will toss one up to Isaiah Likely. And by the way, Isaiah Likely, I didn't realize how big he was. Yeah. Watching him go up and make some of the catches that he's, he's been making, like these contested catches, high-pointing the ball like that. I mean, he just, he's such like a big-bodied, tall guy. It, it's going to be a, a great matchup. But I, I, I know the injury report also for the Chiefs, and, and we'll talk about that momentarily. Knowing that and seeing how the Ravens look, look, I got to go with the Ravens here. And I'm, I'm going to roll with them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with that one seed. I'm going to roll with that slow burn offense. I'm going to roll with the fact that even though the Chiefs defense has been really, really good this year, I have a feeling Lamar finally, finally lays waste to Patrick Mahomes. And finally gets uh get you there when you need it. Give mm. me the Ravens. Okay. Alex, by the way, takes the Chiefs in this one. Uh-huh. He takes the Chiefs. He says Patrick Mahomes a whole different animal in the playoffs. And and I tend to agree with that. He he says, uh, you know, give me give me the Chiefs. Now it's all on me. Yes, sir. Here's the thing. Uh, I wonder. Because I've seen it every single season of Lamar Jackson's career. Right. I've seen this game. He fumbles two or three times. Throw a pick or two. And you wonder what happened. Right. Right. Will that be this game? It could be. I mean, we've seen a couple of those during the regular season. Just, you know, and I wonder... If it'll be the game. Yeah. I mean, we saw it, and, and you, you see strange losses from Lamar. They're, yeah. they're not like your typical losses. 
It's it's not like, oh yeah, that one was expected. Like, you look at, like, they lost to the Steelers 17-10 to 10 earlier this year. Remember that? And they, it was like, well, how the hell did that happen? Right? <laughs> so, I'm torn. Yeah, I, I was pretty because, torn on this one. Because this is the, uh, the better defense <laughs> is in Baltimore. Right? They're at home. They're feeling good. Mm-hmm. But the best quarterback in the league. He's got a pretty good defense, too. Yeah. But the best quarterback in the league is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And and let's be fair to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Even though he's a, kind of a different being in the playoffs, he has struggled this year. There, He has dealt with his, his shared struggles. Remember, first round of the playoffs, they field gold Miami to death. They did. They did. And, and Miami, Miami didn't help themselves. Yeah, they at all. didn't help themselves. But but they, I mean, what five field goals in that game? Yeah. I, I mean, or four or five, something like that. I mean, it was it was twenty six to seven. They kicked a couple here too. Yeah, against Buffalo. Right. I mean, there there there's some field goals going on here. Yeah. There's a little bit of settling going on. And I don't like it. Yep. But until I see otherwise. Oh my lord. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, man. Got to go with Mahomes. I'm going with Mahomes. Now, this next game, we're going to we're gonna chit-chat about this game a little bit. Because I have been, <laughs> this Lions-Niners game, I have, and, and first of all, I'll start with Alex. Alex takes the Lions in this one. Rah. Yeah, he's going to take, he's going to be the homer. And he's, he's going to take his guys. Look, I have, for the last week, had to listen to all of these people writing off. Not not just saying, hey, the Lions, you know, it's going to be a good one, but the Lions, it's going to be a close game, but the Lions are going to pull one out. No, 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 no. Writing off the San Francisco 49ers. As if they are just garbage disguised as a number one team. I have listened to Detroit fans arrogantly, and and I I mean that in in arrogantly <laughs> writing off the San Francisco 49ers, just pretending like they are nobodies, and saying and 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 look, this is one of the reasons why I just. I, I and I, I say this in the most malicious way humanly possible. Lions fans are some of the most insufferable, arrogant, awful fans in the entire NFL. <laughs> and and I say that I say I know it, it, it because of the fact that they get a, a hint of faux success. And I'm gonna call uh, it faux success because they have gone out and beaten a bunch of nobodies. They get a hint of faux success. And that they think that they're just king shit of the universe. And they treat everybody like they're beneath them. And here we are. You've got the number. They, that's what they've been doing all week. And here we are. You've got this number one ranked 49ers team. You're going to San Francisco to take them on. And you're writing them off? You got. And, and you. this is how bad. The, and even the Lions organization. Even the Lions players are writing off the San Francisco 49ers. C.J. Gardner-Johnson goes on Twitter, starts a, a pissing match with Debo Samuel on there, to the point where Debo Samuel, so pissed off, goes to fucking Kyle Shanahan and says, I know I hurt my shoulder last game, 
but you're not putting me on the injury report. I'm playing in this game. And he's not, and, and he doesn't have an injury designation. And he's going into this game regardless of the fact that we know, we all know right now that that man's playing with an injured shoulder. And he's pissed. You went and pissed off one of the best receivers in the league. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who realistically, even when he was playing, wasn't playing well. He played like shit when he was playing for the for the Lions this season, those few games that he did play. And even since he's come back, he has not played well. He got tore up from the floor up by Puka Nakua. And now he's going to go piss off Debo Samuel? Do not write off this 49ers team. Because the moment you do, they are going to punch you in the mouth. I believe that Lions fans have written off this 49ers team. I believe that Lions fans think that this thing's in the bag, whether they think it's scripted, whether they don't, whether, oh, the, the script is dictating the Lions are going to the Super Bowl and we're America's team now and all this bullshit I've been hearing. Mm-mm. You can't write off this 49ers team. Give me the Niners and it's not going to be close. 31-14 Niners. Give me the Niners. Oh, I don't see that at all. I've seen all of it. I don't see people. I what I've seen and heard people just happy. Right? Oh, it, it hasn't just they're, been happiness. They're ha- they're not writing off the 49ers. Every person that has spoken about this they're on the not radio off the 40. You, how could you write off the 49ers? They have been. Here's what they're doing. They're just happy that their team finally did something. It, that they hadn't done in the last 30 years. They've been writing off the Niners they all week long. All yeah. week. They've been happy that if you, in their spot. Everyone on the radio, the Lions are winning this game. Everybody, I mean, That's just confidence. Every, everybody on the, on the TV, across the board, Lions, 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 Lions. I, the, the closest I've seen was Good Morning Football saying it was 50-50, which is about what they should be saying or what people should be talking about not clean sweep lions right off this niners team and what i think it is is i think they're looking over at the san francisco team and saying brock purdy that's that's their answer that's the answer we're getting brock purdy and and to an extent i get it but i also think that niners got the better defense at home they got the better running back I'm sorry, I get it. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery have been has been for the Lions. I would consider that a wash. They, I don't take, consider it a wash. If you take David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs because the Lions play both of them. I think McCaffrey's better. Consistently throughout the game. I know he's better. He's the number one back in the league. Mm-hmm. But if you take Montgomery and Gibbs together against McCaffrey, it's a wash. I don't think that's a wash. Yeah, I think that's a wash. You put the combined power... Of David uh, Montgomery and Jameer okay. Gibbs. What are they, Captain Planet? You brought- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With their powers combined. With their powers you know, combined. But, and yeah. and I, I, I look at, at the receiving core. Look, I get that Amon Ross St. Brown is probably, to me, the best receiver on that field. But yeah. to ignore Debo Samuel, to ignore that 
Brandon Ayuk is better than any um, any number two that the Lions have, whether it's Khalif True. Raymond or yep, whoever yep, else. Yep, okay. Yep. And Khalif Raymond, by the way, not playing in this game. He's out. And then if you're if you're talking about George Kittle versus Sam Laporta, it really depends to me. And I don't think Kyle Shanahan is an idiot by any stretch of the imagination. I think Kyle Shanahan. This is and everybody. The best description I can call this game that I that I can say about this game. Somebody said it's it's Metallica versus Mozart. That's that's exactly what it is. It is the all grit Detroit Lions, the grittiness versus the refined. The very, very refined, refined San Francisco 49 Yeah. The Coney dog. Yeah. <laughs> the, the refined palate. The Coney dog versus the filet mignon, right? Filet mignon. And And I, I, I get it, you know? I, I, I 100% get it. But at the end of the day, I do think the Niners have this. And, and George Kittle versus, versus Sam Laporta. Kittle's a different type of tight end than Laporta. I think Kittle handles man better than zone. Laporta handles zone better than man. It's and and we've seen that out of out of George Kittle. We we saw it last week. I mean, four catches, eighty four yards. He scored the touchdown. He had a big one. We've seen that. So I mean, I, like I said, I I and then I look at the offensive line. Both these teams have very good offensive lines. Both of them do. The Jonah Jackson injury for the Lions causes that, some problems. That's, that's going to hurt because the offensive line of the Lions has been just they've been better with all five guys, right? All right. five starters. One thing I do think that the Lions did that was smart this week, and, and we can talk about this, they went and signed Zach Ertz. Um, they, they picked him up. And I think part of that was they saw what the Packers did to the Niners running the football, and they want to they try and execute the same thing. Ball control football, keep That's the time of possession. Yeah, you got to keep the ball out of the, the, the offense's hands. Yeah, and the Detroit Lions, they're built to beat you either way, mm-hmm. right? You want to squab it out. As Walker says, we'll squab it out and we'll just throw it all over the yard. Right. Or we impound the ball and run it straight at you. Yep. And, and, and get a rock fight in the phone booth. Running running the ball, running the ball is, is how you're gonna beat the Niners. You you don't you, yeah. you can't throw they they have their their defense is, is built to to smash you. And and that's that's what it's built for, especially with both those guys coming off the edge. You know, Bosa now Chase Young over there. They've Chase Young since he's gotten over there, it's been fantastic. Um, you, you look at what the Niners have been doing. I I gotta like the Niners here. I better defense at home. I get Goff the better quarterback, but I don't think it's leaps and bounds. I don't think it's I don't think we're talking about Aaron Rodgers versus you know Jeff Garcia here. I, I think we're right. talking about you know. We're, we're talking about Jared Goff and Brock Purdy, who are much closer than a lot of people want to yeah, pretend they're, like. They're definitely they're I'm pretty much the, the same quarterback, right? I would I would say almost a mirror image. But with the Detroit Lions, they've got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. They're playing with house money. They're playing with house money. Yep. I've been saying it all week. They don't have to. They they can go out there, go for it on fourth down. Yeah. Every single time, fake punt, fake field goal. Dan Gamble show up, right? Think they got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So, let's go, Lions. Oh wow, wow. Well, a lot of people have been writing off the 49ers. I don't understand why. I'm not writing them off. I'm just picking the Lions to win. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? We we know that the 49ers are a really good team. A great team. They wouldn't be the number one overall. They wouldn't be the number one seed, you know, in the NFC if they weren't, right? Mm -hmm. So, 
but again, Detroit has taken its place among the great teams in the league. When you look at the last three years of progression, yeah, and, and progression-wise, I get it, right. I, but I still, I still struggle to be sold on a Lions team, and and I, I've been stressing it all year. I don't know how, man. No, no, they they haven't beaten anybody good. They have. You are on Freytown Island. Uh, they haven't. They haven't beaten anybody. Look at the. They beat the, us twice. Yeah, we, with what? With twelve missing starters? Hey, we were in the right. We, twelve missing we were, starters. Nick we, Mullins we on the field. We could have made the playoffs. Nick, if we, if Nick Mullins, Nick hey, Mullins almost beat them. I'm just saying, man. They, I mean, they've won games convincingly against bad teams. Against bad teams, you can only play who you do. And then, and play. then, and even then, Carolina had a had a, 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 a great schedule this year. What happened to Carolina? Well, Carolina didn't have jack shit on their roster. It, it, I look at saying. I look at the the situation when it comes to the Lions. They any time the Commanders that, had a last any schedule. any time. And that any time that the Lions show up to take on a, a team like Baltimore, for example, thirty-eight to six, and they, they took on a, a middle of the road Seattle game, that became a fifty-fifty game in overtime. You you and then they lost that game. You you took on a a, a streaky Packers team who who had, was in the midst of a hot streak. You get pounded by them on Thanksgiving. The Packers they. they 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 took all the way to week eighteen to get to the playoffs. The I mean, Packers were a bad throw away from being in the NFC Championship game. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about all that. If Jordan Love didn't throw across the middle late, if wishes were fishes, come on, man. If wishes were fishes, I, and then I, I look over at at uh, uh, you know even going into the playoffs. Yeah, the Rams' record says ten and seven. But am I supposed to really sit there and look at them as a 10-7 and 7 team? You can't tell me that if they play starters versus starters against the 49ers in Week 18 that they're a 10-7 and 7 team. They would have been 9-8. and 8. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're 9-8. and 8. Yeah, they, they made the, their division. They, in the worst division in football. And, and they, they barely did it, and, and then they won their, it, and then they won a playoff game against a sick, uh, a, an Eagles team that lost six of their last seven. I mean, like, had already won uh, eleven games. Yeah, they, yeah, they won ten and lost six of their last seven, I'm and sorry. the wheels come off. I mean, like, I just, I look Man. at this situation and I go, look, am I supposed to think that the Bucks are for real? I don't. If I if, am I do I do I think that the Rams are for real? Look, the Rams were nine and eight, and they were one point away from from topping Detroit or, or tying up with Detroit. It was a one point game against a nine and eight Rams team. I mean, and, and yeah, the record says ten and seven, but let's be real, they're nine and eight. I mean, like, I I if the and and mark my words, and I said it on I said it on social media. I'll say it here. If the Lions, by some way, go out and beat the 49ers. I will come on this show and say I was wrong all along that the Lions were legit. But mark my words, mark my words, Boots, oh, I'm telling you, mark my words. If if they lose to the Niners, I'm coming on this show scorched earth. Scorched earth, buddy. Because, oh, buddy. Buddy. I like Freetown Island. <laughs> right? Sandy beaches, umbrella drinks, and dirty naked freaks. Yes. But I can't hang on Freetown Island. Look, look. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know that that you don't like to like. Sometimes, uh, like everybody wants to ride the bandwagon. Everybody wants to to ride. Oh man, look at look at the Detroit Lions They're finally doing to, something. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm so not, giddy. I could just pee in my pants a little I bit. And then to win the division, I called them to get to the second round of the playoffs. Yep. And then I thought they would lose to the East. That yep. was so. I was sold on this Lions team. From the very beginning, I said the Lions would make the playoffs this year, and yeah. I said that that uh, you know, and and trust you me, like if here's another thing, and again, it wishes were fishes, but Nick Mullins for the Minnesota Viking was on the very last drive, driving down the field, nearly beat this this Lions football team, right? If that's Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins is out there taking on this Lions team. Knowing what we've seen, knowing what we saw with that Vikings team having 12 starters out and still almost beating the Lions, you can't tell me that if Kirk Cousins is out there, that his Vikings team doesn't beat the Detroit Lions because they do. We would have lost. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I, Kirk Cousins ain't that dude, especially with, with 12 starters out. Uh, ah, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk was, was showing some, some special stuff before he got the dead Achilles injury. And we'll be talking about Kirk pretty soon here. But... At the end of the day, uh, I got Ravens, Niners. You and Alex got Chiefs and Lions. Um, yeah, somebody's go. gonna be right. Yeah, somebody's gonna be. Somebody's <laughs> gotta lose, right? Somebody's right. gotta lose. Uh, we're we're within one game right now. I'm 174, 108, and 0. Alex has 172, 110, and 0. Boots, you're 171, 111, and 0. Boots, technically speaking, you can only tie with me at this point in order to uh, for the first place spot. So if you if you if I get all three of my last games wrong, and you get all three of your last games right, you and I will be tied. Uh, Alex has an opportunity to beat me, though. He's If he gets, um, what, two of his last games right, he ties with me if I get all three of mine wrong. Uh, and then if he gets all three of his right and I get all three of mine wrong, he beats me in the pick em. So we, we've gotten a little bit of an, a oh, yeah. close one here, a close That's matchup. Right. But uh, yeah, that's our pick'em stuff. Moving in. Yeah, what? Well, Jesus Christ! Um, that's a you always come up with some strange shit. You know that? I like Boots Island, but I don't know if I can hang out on Boots Island. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, moving into the uh, the draft stuff. We know the draft's coming up in April. I have come up with my my top five wide receiver prospects. This will be my last top five. Next week, it'll be Freytown's Forgotten Five. Boots will be coming up with his top five uh, prospects for every other position, and I will be doing the uh, the sleepers, per se. And we start with running backs. Yeah, we'll be starting with running backs next week. But uh, first of all... Uh, the premier position in football. Yeah, well, you know, is it, though, anymore oh, yeah. in this, this day and age? Hey. It's a throwing league. If you need to run some clock, yeah, who are you gonna run that's, with? That's fair. That's fair. Well, I don't know. We we got guys like Debo Samuel in San Francisco right now, but I know Juwan Jennings wants a Debo bag. Hey, yeah. don't uh, this ain't what I do. Yep. Well, <laughs> I, I gotta tell you what, Juwan Jennings, uh, he looked like a uh, almost like a high end too when he was catching some of those passes on uh, against the Packers. Yeah, typically when Debo misses time or someone else in the receiving core misses time, you know, Juwan Jennings can step in and give you, you know, some production here and there. But you don't want him running the ball. No, the no, they tried it. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely tried it. It was <laughs> ugly. 
But moving into our wide receiver prospects, um, I, look, I, I love the draft. It's one of my favorite times of the year, and uh, I, this is my favorite position in all of football, the wide receiver position. Uh-huh. Love it, love it, love it. Um, number one, let's just get right let's, down to business. On, right? Marvin Harrison Jr., right? Everybody. Yeah, Ohio State. Uh, you know, Pros on Marvin Harrison Jr., we love him. His dad, we love his dad, Marvin Harrison Jr., or Marvin Harrison Sr., rather. Um, for, for Jr. here, uh, he's the best receiver in the country in 2022. Uh, he won the Blitnikoff Award in 2023. Uh, he's able to play outside in the slot. He has experience with both. He's got elite size. He's got the ability to high point the ball. He makes contested catches. Um, great acceleration. He hits his top speed almost immediately. I mean, he just takes off the line, and he's he's on it. Uh, runs perfect routes. He excels when uh, catching passes, uh, especially when he's facing the quarterback. You know, so he, he likes to turn around. He becomes more like a possession type of guy. He likes to turn around, meet the quarterback's eyes, make the catch. Uh, great on curl routes. Um, Cons, well, he's capable of breaking tackles. He often gets brought down by the first tackler. That's something that I've noticed, uh, especially during those Michigan games. Um, he doesn't make his cuts as smoothly as he should be able to. He does hold the, the ball kind of willy-nilly. He's just kind of loosely away from the body. It has a tendency to cause fumbles. And he struggles to create some step, uh, some separation from the stickier corners at times, often creating situations where he has to uh, make unnecessary contested catches. Um, but ultimately, he's the best receiver out of this draft. He's one of the top prospects in the draft. He's top, top three probably, maybe top four uh, a lot of people are saying he's going to go in the first two. Boots, what do you think of this kid? And those uh, those cons there very can be worked on easily. Oh this, yeah, this dude is bananas. He, <laughs> just, he he has it. Yeah, he has it all. Yeah, he has it all. He's the best receiver in the country. Best receiver. He might even be. He's going to be a star in this league. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's no no way in the world. You know. Barring any, you know, injury, significant injury, anything like that, I can see this kid playing 15 years. Yeah, the the last time we saw a receiver that that was being looked at in this same fashion was Jamar Chase, and we saw what happened with Jamar Chase. He's blown up and been a star, right? And and we haven't seen a receiver like this being being kind of stared down, you know, by yeah, by the, the top entire, five teams. Yeah, man, the entire league knows who this kid is. I promise you. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like Marvin Harrison Jr. a lot. He, he was a treat to watch in a lot of those games. Um, yeah, just He's great at the catch point. Yeah. Knows, he just knows how to get up and knows where to go with the football and, and has a nose for the end zone. Yeah, absolutely. Gets there. Uh, number two is a guy, you know, so a lot of people were, were a little surprised, but and, and I'm sure you might have been a little surprised by this flipper rooting here, but I, I have Roma Dunze as my number two out of, out of Washington. Um, I thought Malik Neighbors and him, they, they this is sort of interchangeable. Malik Neighbors is three. We'll talk about Adunze first. Uh, Adunze, you know, he has this, like, catch radius man that is just crazy. Crazy. Um, he routine, routinely bailed out Penix Jr. La, uh, this past season who would throw it up. And, That's a little strong. No, come on now. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, routinely. We'll, We'll do. I wouldn't go so far. Yeah, I even to say saw it. Routine, I was. I saw it even even if it was during the Texas game, whether it was versus Michigan. He was throwing it up there to Odunze, and Odunze was making these circus catches. Uh, he's a great route runner. He's smooth through his cuts. He creates separation of vertical routes. He, he has the size to make physical contested catches down the field and along the sidelines. And like I said, those circus catches. He high points the ball. He twists and contorts his body in midair, brings down the pass. I mean, it's it's incredible to watch him. He's a, he's 
special. Con-wise, um, he has a tendency to get jammed at the line of scrimmage by the more physical corners. He does lack, lack some elite burst to him uh, to create that separation. He needs to be more physical with his hands at the point of attack to create separation. He, he just he won't get handsy with, with the, the corners when it comes time to push him off the line. And uh, he relies more on physical traits than he does the technique. He needs to add some, some technique to his uh, skill set. Um, he, he doesn't have the, the technical abilities uh, that, that some of these other guys do. He's just a really athletic freak. Uh, when it comes down to it, but I, Roma Dunze, I like him a lot. I, I he's probably one of my favorites um, in general in this in this class. Uh, not just at the position, special receiver, the catch radius man. That's what did it for me. I, I feel like he can bail out quarterbacks like it's nobody's business. Yeah, and the outside, the outside speed. You know, I, I I like his I like his ability to just to get downfield, mm. get downfield. He eats up yards. Um, I like his uh, the way he catches the ball. Just he kind of snatches it yeah. out of the air, right? And it's you know, and he's he's uh he's got good balance, mm -hmm. and he's he's a very if Washington when McMillan went down, yep, right for for Washington that offense didn't miss a beat, right? No, not and, Adunze, and, and Adunze was a, a huge part of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's seeing seeing the way he like. I mean, you you can throw it up to him, and and uh, I almost so like you ever see play like the practice mode in Madden where they're showing you like, oh, this is the zone you throw the ball to. Yeah, I feel like that whole zone is just Roma Dunze. Yeah, <laughs> he's just just throw it out there. He's he's up there somewhere, and that's kind of like how I look at him. He's he just. It handles business. It, it's crazy. Yeah. Like some of the throw, I'm like, shit. That looked like it was nowhere near him, and he came up with it. Like how did how the hell did that happen? Yeah. So I mean, I I love watching Roma Dunze. Uh, number three, Malik Neighbors out of LSU. This guy, I mean, like I said, we could have flip flopped the two of them. I I like Neighbors a lot. Um, Me too. He has a great combination: speed and agility. He's explosive off the line. He tracks the ball really well. Uh, he comes back for underthrown passes. He he makes a catch and creates like something out of nothing. You know, all the time. Uh, he's elusive. He's fast, and, and it allows him to make huge gains with his legs after the catch. And he can high point the ball effectively. He'll battle with the defensive backs to make 50-50 catches. Um, for as much burst as he has off the line, though, and these are the cons, he struggles to create uh, separation from the more exper experienced DBs in press coverage. He, he does struggle in press. Uh, he comes off as more of a slot receiver than an outside receiver. He needs to refine his game as a vertical threat. Uh, he's more of a short route guy. He's got really, he's fast in the short routes, and he's going to make plays with his legs. That's just what it is. He's a rack yardage kind of guy. Yeah. Um, he really like, and, and one of the comps I was seeing from elite neighbors is Debo Samuel, which I think is a pretty accurate comp for him. I can see it. Yeah. He's a huge part of that LSU offense. Um, it's funny, Jaden Daniels at the quarterback position and Malik neighbors at the receiver spot, they came up with two goals for themselves. Jaden Daniels was going to win the Heisman and Malik neighbors was going to win the bullet call. Mm -hmm. Almost got it. Yeah, he was in the running. If if Marvin Harrison Jr. hadn't been at school, right, you would be looking at a Belichick Award winner. And frankly, a, like a, a lot of people were saying that that Harrison Jr. shouldn't have gotten the Belichick this this year. That he should have gotten it last year. Yeah. So, yeah. but I think he definitely could have gotten it this year too. Yeah. You know, because yeah. listen, Ohio State, they did not have a quarterback. That's fair. That's and, yeah. That's very fair. And he. 
he is produced with whoever they've had under center. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yep, I I agree with that. Uh, number four is a guy I, I when I when you saw him on the list I, and then you mentioned him I saw your ears perk up a little bit you got yeah. kind of excited about this guy Troy Franklin out of Oregon um, he's a speedster he shows up Big a play. four Sorry. you know four three five forty time uh, I mean that's crazy outstanding route running he's a vertical threat he dusts the DBs this like just greasy fast speed he's capable of playing effectively both inside and outside he can get in the slot um, he's got a great route tree for both spots. Man coverage crusher. Um, he often requires a team to send safety help to slow him down. Uh, the cons on him, he needs to work on his blocking skills. He seems like really unenthused by doing that part of the job. Like every time I see him, I'm like, he just doesn't want to be doing that shit. Um, he la- There's a lack of NFL weight on his frame. It makes him a little question mark as it pertains to contested catches. Um, he has issues with drops. So he'll keep his eyes downfield, and which is great. But he's looking to make the big play before securing the football. Uh, he gets pushed around at the line of scrimmage and press coverage due to his lack of size a lot of times. So, I mean, I, I like Troy Franklin a lot. I feel like a lot. he can be really great or he, he, it's sort of a hit or miss thing. I, I feel like he could be really, really, really great. He could be, he could be Jordan Addison or he could end up Jalen Rager. And that's what yeah, I'm nervous yeah, about. I'm worried yeah, that he's going to be yeah. Jalen Rager. Yeah, and because... When, when you look at NFL size, Jalen Rager just he, he couldn't he wasn't a possession receiver right, and he couldn't and he wasn't a great route runner yep right but he was anyway he was he should have just been used on special teams he was not a starting receiver yeah in the NFL anyway but back to Troy Franklin Troy Franklin like you said man coverage beater yeah because he he's got that speed to get downfield I've seen him. They allowed Bo Nix a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and that's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, Franklin. But I love Franklin. You know, I I think the difference between him and a guy like Jalen Rager is that there there is some real route running ability. I mean, yeah. his his routes were were about as crisp as they came. Yeah. It was nice. It was it was good to watch. Um, and and yeah, he bailed out Bo a few times. But I mean, he's a I mean a really good yeah. vertical threat. He's I yeah. mean he. He can he can run routes at every level out of every position. Like you you anything you ask him to do, he can do. And and one thing I really do like is where he came from. He comes out of out of the University of Oregon where they run pro style offenses consistently. Yeah. And that's that's something that has always stood out to me about Oregon is they run a pro style offense over there. So I mean, and so he comes from that. He knows what he's getting into in the NFL, and and he'll be, I, that'll give him something of a jump on other people. Yeah. And uh, number five is a guy that you weren't sold on being on this list, but I I, I put him up here. I it, it's a Donnie Mitchell out of uh, uh, Adon. How, how do you pronounce that? I forget how you pronounce his name. Adonai. Yeah. Adonai. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. But uh, out of Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he has the ideal height for an NFL receiver, which is great. Um, he's got the hands, no problem securing the football. He tracks the ball well. He has a go-and-get-it mindset. Um, he's physical at the line with his hands. He he has this this little, like, uh, uh, he pops him off their mark with this, like, violent punch. Every yeah. time I see him, he'll come forward, and it's crazy. Like, his hands will be at his side, so he'll come running right at the DB, and just his hands will pop up, like, bah, like he's just yeah. shoving them hard. Um Kanzan Mitchell, he gets def- a defeated attitude, and and we talked about it a little bit off the air. His demeanor is again, his demeanor just changes against more physical coverage. He has 
a hard time keeping his head in the game, head and heart in the game, and that's been a, uh, an issue. Uh, he needs to work on creating plays after and yards after the catch. He's as opposed to being solely a possession receiver. He'll catch the ball, but is he gonna gonna take off like Malik Neighbors does and make a play with his legs? Probably not. Uh, his route running could be a little more crisp. He has a tendency to be a little too loose with his cuts. Um, and like I said, there's questions about his heart and effort to persist as, uh, as sometimes it seems like he gives up, you know, on, on the field. We saw it sort of during that, uh, that game against Washington. He just kind of gave up, uh, it seemed like, and, and the numbers showed it. You didn't see, you saw more Xavier Worthy in that game than you saw Mitchell in that game, which I, I mean, I just, I, I have, the, the questions about his heart are exactly what's going to piss him you know like it, it's going to piss him off but it's also going to have him send it going down draft boards because you just yeah if he's got a bad attitude and he doesn't it, it looks like he doesn't want to be there nobody's going to want to draft him right exactly and that's kind of you know it's kind of why i like xavier worthy a little bit better than uh than mitchell but mitchell he came on big time yeah uh over the line because all they had was was worthy right i mean whittington was okay but mm-hmm. Xavier Worthy was you know, was the main guy there, but Donai Mitchell, you know, came on big time uh, this year and uh, bailed out Quinn Ewers on, on some on some yeah, throws. Yeah, he did. But he made some big plays all season long. I I, I can't take that away from the kid. Yeah, it but just seems like when the going like, when the going gets tough. Yeah, that's that, and he he doesn't get tougher. He he right. kind of bails. Yeah, and that's he checks out, and and that's gonna that's my biggest and knock. You need on to stay him. in it, especially at the receiver spot. Yeah, because that's that's a, a position where you might run forty two routes. Yeah, never get thrown the football. Yeah, right. You're but just route you, running. Yeah, you're just route <laughs> running. You just you just running. You know, sprints. But if you're you know a part of the of the offense and they get the ball to you, if, you know, hey, now you're more interested. But if they're not throwing the ball to you, how interested are you going to be in really digging in and running your route properly exactly. on each and every play? And if you don't because you're not being thrown the football and you get withdrawn from, mm-hmm. you know, from, from the game, well, I'm definitely not throwing you the ball now. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it, and that's the big thing. The, the, his, his heart and effort just persist. As, as the biggest problem with when it comes to Mitchell. Yeah. But uh, those are my top five prospects. Um, you know, so you got, you got Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors, Troy Franklin, and Adane Mitchell. Uh, and Look, I, I know you like Xavier Worthy better. I, 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 can, I did contemplate Xavier Worthy on this list. There's a few other guys out there, you know, that are, I mean, this is a heavy, is. heavy receiver class. It is. You're, I, I think you're talking about, though, the top three guys that I mentioned, Harrison, Adunze, and, and Neighbors, yeah. and then it's sort of everybody else. Uh, you got, you know, kind of your second wave, which is like Keon Coleman and, and you know, Franklin here, and, and uh, you know, you're talking about Brian Thomas Jr. a little bit. You know, th- those types of guys are, are going to be sitting around as sort of the second wave of receivers. You might see a few of those guys. Like, right now I know Brian Thomas Jr. is sort of climbing draft boards right now. He could he could end up in the late first round. Uh, Luther Burden III. Yep. That's a guy that, you know, keep an eye on. Yep. And I also like Luther. a guy that, that I think in the latter rounds, if you're, if you're talking about somebody, you know, possibly day two or even day three, Brendan Rice, uh, um, Brendan Rice, uh, Jerry Rice's son is out of USC. Has been excellent. You wonder how how Brendan Rice is taking this, looking over at Marvin Harrison Jr. 
You wonder how he's taking that. Uh-huh. All these, you know, you wonder if that's going to be one of those deals where how come they, nobody's talking about me? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna show him what my name is. Yeah, it, well, that's if he's anything like his dad. Oh, well, yeah, if he's anything like his father, who who, yeah. you know, he he's like he's got a his dad. You know, you we watched Jerry Rice. He had a gamer attitude, right? Yeah. Anytime that the Niners would lose to to uh, uh, Dallas or anything like that, and they would be eliminated from the playoffs in the NFC title game against the Cowboys, yeah. what would they do? What would happen? Everybody else would go pouting and pissing. Jerry Rice would be out there the next day running Very wind high. sprints. You know, would running getting better. Steps. Yep, he yeah. he'd be out there doing better. You know, and and making sure that I'm gonna I'm gonna be ready for the next time. Yeah. And and if Brendan Rice is anything like his dad. You know, we we yeah. might be having a, a conversation about him as as one of the better receivers in this league, if not the best receiver in the league at some point. You know, so get ready for that. I'm I'm yeah. actually he's probably one of the the biggest sort of sleepers that yeah. I'm excited about at the, <laughs> in the, the receiver position. Um, and it's weird to say that Jerry Rice's kid is a sleeper at the right. receiver position. You you who would have thunk that, right? So moving into our news around the league, the coaching carousel but he was really good all season. No, Rice was. He was fantastic. For, and he was he was uh, a really, I, I would say, Caleb Williams' probably favorite target this year. Yeah. I mean, especially in the red zone. Yeah. In the red zone, man, that, that kid. I mean, he's always looking for him in the in the end zone when they were when they were in the red zone. So, um, news and notes around the league. Coaching carousel is in full swing. We know it's in full swing. This has been ongoing oh, yeah, uh, for they, several weeks. They're swinging, they're swinging around. Yeah, but we've we've had. Um, this week, I mean, it's been a few weeks since since Black Friday, but now, man, oh man, we have like a million coaches going everywhere. <laughs> I mean, coaches and, yeah. and coordinators and general managers, everybody's getting their front office together, everybody's getting their coaching staff together. Um, you, you all right there? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no. And, and they got, they got uh, um, you know, a lot of general managers getting hired on. You know, teams are, are getting stuff ready for this offseason. we got free agency around the corner. we we got to realize we're about a month away from free agency day, right? I mean, we're, we're about four weeks away. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that, that business is going to open right up here, and we're going to have that, – that one's going to wind up being a long episode when we start talking about free agency because there's going to be a lot of signings going on, you know. be – GM showing up at players' houses at twelve oh one a.m. So well, let's see. It opens up at four, right? Right. You know. So and, and really, legal legal tampering day begins. You know, like two days before the signing day. You can there's shit. If it's legal, then yep. it ain't tampering. Yeah, that's what they call it, the legal tampering period. Oh. <laughs> Why are we calling it tampering? Right. <laughs> It's fair. It's illegal and ain't it? All right. These weird, weird names. Weird names. Football, baby. So, <laughs> football, baby. So let's let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, first and foremost, let, let's talk about these Panthers, man. They go out and fight, hire their former linebacker. He's a for, former first round pick of the team. Uh, he he served as the play di, the director of player personnel for the Bills, the director of pro personnel for the Seahawks, Dan Morgan. Uh, he gets hired on as their new general manager of the Carolina Panthers. Oh, Dan Morgan. Okay. Dan yeah. Morgan, yep. And yeah. also Dan Morgan makes a move as he finds himself a new head coach. The Panthers hired the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Dave Canellis as their new head coach. So 
I like Dan Morgan as uh, given the pedigree of where he's come from. I do like the general manager hire, but I don't know how I feel about this offensive coordinator situation to, it, it, with Canellis over here as the, the the head coach. I don't like that. Yeah, I, I, that doesn't seem. I mean, with Tampa having the issues that they had all season long, yep. With you know, with their offense and it does, doesn't jive with clock the, management yep. from time to time. But maybe that was Ty Bowles. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that was you know. But he's got a part to play in that too. Yeah, um, I I don't know how I felt about that hire. I it it really made me. It was sort of a head scratcher knowing the coaches that are out there and like you know Ben Johnson being out there and you have a new young quarterback and staying within the division, right? That, that's you know kind of weird. Yeah, going to a division going rival. To a division rival, but mm-hmm. man, I don't know if anybody was clamoring for Dave Canales to be their head coach. No, right? I mean I I don't I don't understand it. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's not like Tampa put for you know. It's not like we're you know the, the Detroit Lions offense, right? Where you can see the progression year over year and see Ben Johnson, you know, doing wonderful things, and you say, yeah, I could see him getting a you know getting a gig, right, right. right. But with Dave Canales, I don't, I haven't seen what you would typically need to see to where you would just say, yeah, this guy. Yeah, I mean, he got right. – he got. If you're just judging by, you know, Tampa Bay's offense, if there's other criteria that they go with. I, I guess. I just, I just don't know. And, and he's not coming into a good situation in Carolina, obviously. Maybe. Bad interior offensive line, young quarterback that just got the hell beat out of him all year long. Yeah. You got uh, – I mean – you have Adam Thielen over there as your number one receiver, which, I mean, he's kind of in the twilight of his career. You're talking back nine for him. Yeah. I mean, and, and really. Jonathan Mingo was talented. Yeah, but. He needs season. Yeah, you just, there's not a whole lot of weapons to look over, look forward to there. Chuba Hubbard was your was your top dog at the running back position. I, I just, you, you need a running back. You need receivers. You need a tight end. You need interior offensive line. Your defense was good, but. But, you know, Ezra Evero, I mean, and, and we can talk about Evero, he goes out and he interviewed for the Seahawks, um, their their head coaching position, which it would be a hire that I love. Um, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, Patrick Graham, he's kind of in the battle with Patrick Graham from the Raiders right now, the defensive coordinator for the Raiders for that head coaching position. I believe Ezra Evero is going to be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And if he is, we're seeing a bit of a shift. Um, we're seeing more defensive coaches. Yes, being brought on. Yes, we are as head coaches. Yep. You know, we're seeing a shift between more former players mm-hmm. becoming head coaches. Yep. And now, for a defensive head coaches being uh, put in positions. Yeah. Real interesting. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, and and I, you know, I I think Ezra Evero should have been a head coach last year. If, and I, I couldn't believe that the Broncos brought in Sean Payton yeah. and didn't decide to go with Ezra Evero. I was blown away that the Panthers didn't make Evero hit their, their interim head coach. Uh, as good as that defense was this year, believe it or not. I mean, and, and look, I understand the Panthers had a bad record this year, but it wasn't the defense that caused that. That defense was ranked sixth at one point this year. And, and they were missing some stars, and they were still ranked sixth. They were missing star players. Really good secondary. You yep. could you could run on them a little bit, but yeah, you know, yeah. The, it, I mean, the proof is on the pudding. Ed, Ed, 
Ijiro Evero is a qualified candidate. Yeah, and and I was blown away that that more teams haven't been interviewing him. He's been interviewed by a few, but but I'm I'm blown away that more teams didn't interview him, didn't look at him, and say that guy's my head coach. Right. You know, especially with how bad some of these these defenses have been. Uh, another team whose defense has been bad is the Packers, and they went and fired their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, after three seasons. So they're in the market for a new D.C. Um, you know, I, I I guess sort of after the the, the end of the, the Niners game, it was time to go. <laughs> it was about that time. Yeah. But he's been bad all year, I guess, at certain points. And, and the, the, the Packers, they were, as Joe Barry was leaving, they were dumping popcorn on him and, you know, I mean, it was it was bad. Um, they weren't as good at home, yeah, as they had traditionally had been, right? Even mm-hmm. under Barry last season, you know, they were, you would always expect the Packers to come up with a big play at home, but right. you know, a big fumble recovery, big interception, something, you know, to turn the tide of the game. Give me something, yeah, yeah. And why this is a a little bit of a of a shock, but again, they have. The Packers haven't been as good on defense at home as, as they have been. Right, and and uh, yeah, I think the Packers, you know, they're, they're young good. defense too, though. But yeah, they they know. had a young team. They well, I think they had the youngest defense in the league, youngest team in the league. Yeah, too. yeah, and, and and I just I I, I get it, I, but I, you got to I I don't think Joe Barry did his job very well, to be honest with you. And looking at the Packers and where they lined up defensively, they were I think seventeenth in the league this year. So, I mean, definitely not where you want him to be, especially, you know, when you have guys. And you had some star players on that team, Jair Alexander, you yeah. know, who may have played his last game as a Packer. Darnell, we don't know. Darnell Savage. Yep. Rashawn Gary make, making plays. I'll yep. give, yep. give it up to him. You, you had some studs on that defense in, in spite of everything. So, I mean, it, Joe Barry, I mean, I, I see why they did it. I understand why they did it. I understand the fans' frustration. But, folks, let's not dump popcorn on the, on the coaches when they're leaving, let's <laughs> let's not do that. Unless uh, it's kettle corn, <laughs> taste good. Yeah, I was gonna say Jerome's. <laughs> oh, thanks. Boots coming off the field, going, hey, uh, here, here, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was terrible today. Now give me some of that kettle corn. All right. <laughs> what about the, the three? Uh, the caramel with the cheese and the and the sweet. Yeah. Give me the Chicago oh yeah, just. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago the whole bucket. The whole bucket. Damn right. <laughs> That's terrible. The only popcorn I eat. Unbelievable. It, so you mix the caramel and the cheese together? Yeah, I do. Well, really? Every Somebody, once. In, every once in a while. Some people told me that tastes good. I don't. I don't know how. How I feel about that. That ain't bad. A little salty and sweet. I, I guess that's weird. But anyhow, uh, moving on, <laughs> moving on around the division, around the shout out over Redenbacher. Oh Jesus! Uh, to the <laughs> NFC North. Let's talk about these Bears a little bit. Uh, Bears hire Buffalo defensive line coach and assistant head coach Eric Washington as their new defensive coordinator. You know, I kind of like this hire. I feel like Buffalo has had a good defensive line for quite a while. Um, Ed Oliver over there, well, those kind of guys. Their front seven has been a little meh, right? Yeah, yeah. But but the line itself, the front line of that defensive line has been pretty good. How much of that was Von Miller, though? I mean, Von Miller, I mean. But when Von Miller wasn't on, he was great for the defense, but when he wasn't on the field, especially last season, it didn't quite look the yeah, same. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought from a line perspective, if you look at the, the players that were on that line and how they performed, Epineza yeah. performed very well. 
Ed Oliver performed very well. You you just you go down the line and you look at the the defensive line because that's what he was, the defensive line itself, that that front four, those guys performed pretty well. Um, you know the linebacker coach I I think could be <clears throat> probably uh, uh, you know slammed a little bit for for the linebackers not performing as well as they did with you know Von Miller being out whatever the case may be but the front four I thought did their job. Especially guys, guys like you know, like the two I named, at Oliver, AJ Epineza, and Epineza was a surprise to a lot of people. He wasn't a surprise to me. I knew what that guy was capable of. I said so on on when he got drafted. I said he was going to be a star, and and I right. didn't understand why teams were passing on him when the Bills took him. I said, oh look at that, that's a great right. pick. Yeah, he has been good. I just you know, they seemed better with with Von Miller and not quite as. Impressive without, yeah, not not as potent. No, yeah. Um, also, the Bears they did make another move. They they bad though. I mean, say sometimes you gotta you know shake things up. Yeah, and they they also hired he does in Chicago. They hired Kerry Joseph as their former Q. uh, He's a former assistant QB coach of the Seahawks. They made him their QB coach, and that all goes hand in hand with the fact that they hired the former offensive coordinator for the Seahawks, Shane Waldron, as their new offensive coordinator. I actually kind of like this. Yeah. I think that, that Shane Waldron fits what they're going to be doing over there with, with the Bears. I think that they're, they're kind of looking. You might see, how, what's the, what do you think the over-under is? And I, uh, you, We know, we, we've talked about this in the past, the Bears set the tone for the draft, right? Right. What do you think the over-under is that Shane Waldron says, I want my new quarterback or I want Justin Fields? Like, like which one do you think? I mean, I, I would, I would, I mean, imagine Jaden Daniels over there, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's a scary thing. Ooh, man. Yep. And we know how these teams have an affinity for, for picking up Heisman Trophy winners, number one overall, reaching on a Heisman Trophy winner at number one. We saw it with Baker Mayfield. We saw it with Kyler Murray. And here we are, you know, do, do you, if you're the Bears, do you trade away Justin Fields, reset the clock on the contract, get yourself a, a, a quarterback of the future, get yourself some draft capital for training, for trading Justin Fields, and then go after, say, because you're at pick number nine, go after, say, Malik Neighbors at number nine? I mean, what, what, what do you do there? They have, um, I guess it depends on how they feel about Fields. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it. Because why bring a new quarterback coach and a new offensive coordinator if you were going to keep the guy, unless you just wanted to? Unless they like the guy. Unless they like the guy. But they've already hit. But they had the people in place already. Did they though? I mean, like it was like DJ Moore and everybody else. I mean, they had they had their uh, offensive coordinator and their quarterback coach already. So they're just replacing those guys. Yep. And. And keeping Justin Field, it's hard for me. Yeah, hard for you to think that they're going to keep keep yeah, Fields around. It's I mean, hard for me to see that if they've replaced those two positions. Those are two key positions. Mm-hmm. From a my big thing is from a a uh, and and this is why I think they're gonna they're gonna try and deal Fields. Fields has what one year left on his deal? Two maybe. Yeah. You know, if if you deal Justin Fields, you reset the clock. Right on the quarterback situation, you get a quarterback on a rookie scale deal for five years. Right, yeah. you, you get some draft capital for dealing Fields. You know, I, I would assume that you're probably going to get a first rounder for him. 
you know, and I, I don't think Justin Fields is is that great. I'm not I'm not a big fan of busting Fields. I called him in this on this pod several times. But when you look at Fields, do you feel uh, uh, comfortable with him as your starting quarterback for the long term? I don't know. And you know, you have a new offensive coordinator. He might. I, I could see them resetting the clock, going that's, and getting their quarterback in the future. Man, that's going to set them back at least three years. You think so? Yeah, because you're not look. You're not gonna knock off the Lions. The Lions are no. set to be to to set to to really do damage in the NFC North, and the Packers aren't going anywhere. Right, right. They're on and, the rise, and you know the Vikings will pop up every once, you know, and, yep. and will be dangerous, especially with the offense that we've got. So I think the Bears are still gonna end up. At, they're still gonna be the Bears, right? No matter what they do. Yeah, because because yeah. for whatever reason. Is it, they're going to be the Bears. Yeah. Speaking of of uh, the Vikings, the story came out earlier this week. They are doubtful to bring back Kirk Cousins. Um, it sounds like mercifully, the Kirk Cousins era has ended in Minnesota. I know some and it folks ended shirtless. Yeah. Banging a drum. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Look, I I know a lot of Vikings fans were were pained. Hearing this, they were upset hearing it. Um, I am not, and and here's why. No tears for me. Here's why. I feel like, and I've said on this show in the past, it is irresponsible of a, a general manager. It would be irresponsible of Quasi Adafo Mensa to sign a 36 year old quarterback coming off of a ruptured Achilles. You know, to a to a huge contract, and and his contract estimates. A lot of people are saying forty five million. And sometimes I feel like some of the Vikings fans are thinking too much with their their uh, their their fanboying, their homerism, whatever you want to call it. They're thinking too much like that. They're thinking too much as well. I like Kirk, yeah. And they they can't tell you why they like Kirk. They like Kirk the person, but. They don't think about it from a business perspective, and they say, "Oh man, I have forty-five million. Let's give Kirk Cousins forty-five million. And I'm like, "You're crazy. You're nuts." They're talking about giving that man a raise. No, thirty-seven years old, about to be thirty-seven, coming off a rough. No, nope, nope. It's about what have you done for me, and what can you do for me? Yep. Right, and not much. Yep. And the Vikings will be looking for the quarterback of the future. Do you think that they, if you're the Minnesota Vikings, do you move up? In that situation, do you move up to go get one of the top three quarterbacks that are listed? I, you know, and we've already talked about it. You're not sold on on Drake May. The more I watch the man, the less I'm sold on him. Uh, I call him Fake May, just like you do now. You know, the the you know the the uh, watching him. Do you, do you go up and you get Jaden Daniels? Do you go up and you get you know try and go, get to yes. one and get Caleb Williams? Or do you sit at eleven? Do you take Michael Penix, or do you take you know Bo Nix? Do you where would you say the Vikings should be going at that pick eleven spot? Do you think they make a splash and move up, or do you think they should stay put at eleven and take their guy? Move up. You know you don't buy Penix no. or or Nix. Listen, go get your guy. Yeah. Right. Value be damned. Yeah. Because <laughs> if somebody picks before you and they happen to pick the guy that you think, or maybe. There's a team behind you who's willing to to come up and jump yeah. you and get and get, so hey 
be proactive. Yeah, get right? your guy. Go yeah. get your guy. Yeah, and do what you got to do. And I think it's smart for them from a cap perspective as well. Currently, the Vikings have thirty-seven million dollars in cap space moving into the next season, um, so they they've got some stuff that they're going to have to think about uh, moving forward. But yeah, that that's going to be a, a an ongoing situation trying to figure out what they're going to do in the draft, who they're going to pick up, you know, what exactly is going to happen there. Um, yeah, because it, it ain't working with Jaron Hall. Nope. I think there needs to be some uh, need to. Uh, figure out what's going on with those concussions yeah that's that's the first thing um you're gonna have i don't know if mullins is gonna be there or not yeah i don't i'm not quite sure you definitely gonna need to bring in a uh you gotta find a higher end backup andy dalton type right yeah yeah somebody like that yeah somebody that's not Black gonna even yeah somebody that's not gonna shipwreck your season yeah right but somebody that can if your quarterback goes down you can rely on them to win you a few you you need to find that guy so that's that's a thing. Next up, back to the coaching carousel here. The Bengals, man, they go out and promote their quarterback coach, Dan Pitcher, to the offensive coordinator. And the reason they do that, though, is because the Titans went and hired former Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan as their new head coach. So first of all, I, I, I appreciate that the Bengals are hiring from within, and they're promoting from within. Yeah. But then they go, you look over at the Titans, and you pick up an offensive coordinator that has never called offensive plays in his entire time for five years in Cincinnati. Never called a single offensive play. I didn't know that till you told me. Didn't didn't call wow. and, and and it was a huge deal. They they hired him and then the next day the report comes out that he had never called an offensive play in Cincinnati and it, wow. it it's always been Zach Taylor. Wow. Didn't that blow your mind? That does. <laughs> How do you hire a guy that's never done it? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, well, that's Tennessee's problem. Yep. And they're going to they're gonna pay for it. Yep. They don't have the quarterback there to take advantage of whatever offense he might be bringing to the table. And Lord knows they're in the in the midst of that. They're in the run. Rebuild. Yeah. No Derrick Henry. Probably. Yeah. Right? He's, he's likely gone to free agency. I mean, yeah, it's... Yeah, they got to rebuild that offensive line. Um, the offense is definitely going to change. Yep. So, yeah, good luck. Yeah, it's, good that's luck. a disaster. Yeah. It's a disaster. It's, it kind of seems like it <laughs> yeah. might be, especially for the first year. Yep. But they yep. do have Tajay Sharp. Yeah. Or Tajay Spears. Spears. Yep, yep, Tajay Spears. Um, just silly shit going on there. I, I, don't, I don't understand the move. I, I just... I'm, I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, one guy that's getting a good amount of interviews is Kellen Moore is starting to get some interviews out there. Uh, Bucks interviewed the, uh, Kellen Moore for their offensive coordinator spot. The Buccaneers do. And then uh, also, you it know, be a bad fit. the Browns and Eagles also interviewed him for their offensive coordinator spot. I don't think any of those are bad fits for him. If I'm, if I'm Kellen Moore... I'm not gonna go so well. I mean, I could see him going to the Eagles. I think the Eagles would be a good spot it for would him. Be, yeah, somewhere where guys are gonna be there for at least two, three years, and you can implement your system there instead of going somewhere where there's gonna be brand new. But then again, now that mm-hmm. I'm talking through it, maybe you want to go somewhere where you're gonna get some brand new guys, so you don't have to worry about erasing the old stuff that they learned right and you know you just have to concentrate on giving them the you know your offense instead of instead of the Shane Steichen stuff that they they already knew um yeah he's uh 
I like Kellen Moore a lot. I, I thought he got sort of a, a raw deal uh, dealing with uh, dealing with the nonsense over there with the Chargers and Brandon Staley, and and I, I really had high hopes for him. And and Brandon Staley sort of sort of shipwrecked his situation, and and I wasn't real happy about the way that Kellen Moore got got treated over there. I'm waiting. I was I I feel like this this whole thing with the Chargers and Brandon Staley in particular really set back Kellen Moore as far as his possibility of becoming a head coach because oh, yeah. he should be a head coach. He should have been a head coach last year. Somebody should have hired him last year. Maybe and, Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and you look over and you're like, man, it really set back Kellen Moore a lot. I, I want to see him get hired on as a head coach somewhere, but I just don't know where he's going to get a job uh, when you have Brandon Staley that, that really well, made him look worse than he actually is. If Ben Johnson takes off. <clears throat> yeah. There you go. Yeah, who knows? He was who a former, uh, former uh, backup. Yeah, former backup in Detroit. Yep, yep. So I mean that that could be the spot, but uh, yeah, he's he's going to be looking. Speaking of Ben Johnson, uh, you you just mentioned and the Commanders have scheduled second interviews with uh, Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, and Do- uh, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who's also been getting a lot of looks. Uh, Wait a minute. No, no. So. What about Eric Bieniemy? Well, they interviewed Eric Bieniemy already, so they've they've already done their their first and inter- second interview they with him. Just walked him right down the hallway. Yeah, and said, "Here's Here. your office, sir." <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Eric Bieniemy should be the head coach. I mean, well, you know, we'll just go with the Rooney rule on this one. Yeah, well, let me let me look. To me, here's what I think about Eric Bieniemy. I think Eric Bieniemy, if they were, if Washington was smart. And and right now I have questions about because mm-hmm. I mean it's a brand new ownership group right. Oh yeah. If they were smart to me, and they they just hired on their their new uh, uh, GM as well, they would just hire Eric Bieniemy, move up to one, get Caleb Williams, whose biggest comp is who? Short, smaller Patrick Mahomes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Move up, snag Caleb Williams, get your guy, and let's start building this team around Eric Bieniemy stuff. Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense that this is how things are working right now. Bieniemy should be the head coach. I agree. I, I thought that that was just a, a no brainer. I yeah. thought I thought that was just a, a foregone conclusion that we were going to name Eric Bieniemy, and instead we're seeing. You know, and I get it. Ben Johnson's a hot commodity right now. I like Ben Johnson, and I've been pounding the table for Ben Johnson. I think Ben Johnson's probably one of the best offensive. Well, he is. It's not even probably. He is one of the best offensive coordinators in all of football. Yeah. Right? I pounded the table for. I think his asking price is a little high. When you're talking eighteen million dollars a year for for him, I think. Well, I, and that's what he's asking. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's either that he's creating a win-win for himself. You know, yeah. especially yeah. you know, yeah. he's like either I'm gonna either well, either I'm gonna get paid a fuck ton of money or I'm yeah. sticking around in Detroit. Yeah. You know, like, pay yeah, a yeah, good yeah. amount of money. You're right. So I mean, I I don't know. I have questions about about uh, what what the commanders are actually doing over there. To me, hire B enemy, hire B enemy, and and then move up to one. Go get Caleb and call it a day. Exactly. It just makes a lot more sense at that point, right? You know, I, I maybe that's just me. Maybe we should be a part of the commander's ownership. Yeah. <laughs> come on, yeah, make come a on. call. Make a call, Scotty. Yeah, real quick, real quick situation. Um, also, when it comes to the Eagles, the Eagles are making some moves here, and they interviewed the former Cardinals head coach and USC offensive senior and a senior analyst Cliff Kingsbury 
for the uh, vacant offensive coordinator position. You know, uh, that's good. That's good right there. Kings, Kingsbury is a better coordinator than he is, you know, a, a head coach. I think as an offensive coordinator, yeah, he would be really good for the Eagles. I he mean, would. and and he was really good as an offensive coordinator for the Cardinals. It was just an attitude thing as far as Kyler Murray goes, because Kyler Murray just couldn't stop, you know, eating his own shit at a certain point, right? There was, it's, there was a disconnect between Kingsbury and and, and Murray. In the, in the front office. It mm-hmm. was almost like, I can't get him to do what I want. Well, you're the coach. Yeah, you better right. figure you it the fuck out. out. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what it, what it felt like. But I think this would be a good fresh start for uh, Cliff. Yeah, yeah. The Eagles, I know him like that. I can just call him Yeah, Cliff. just call him Cliff. Uh, the, also, the Eagles, did uh, they did make a really good hire in this situation, I think. Um, they hired Vic Fangio as their new defensive coordinator. Fangio parts uh, ways with the Dolphins. Yeah. And I think Vic Fangio, if 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 history tells us anything about Vic Fangio, when he comes into a defense that has a ton of really good veteran talent there, but also has some top tier, and and uh, you know, like we we talked about how yeah they went a little too Georgia heavy over there, okay? Right. But these guys are still first round picks for a reason, you know. Jalen Carter's still a first round pick. You know, and and when you have these top tier talents, right? Big Fangio is a great DC. He is proof is in the pudding. Everybody yep. knows it, right? There's nobody ever says, "Oh, we, oh yeah, we can beat this Fangio defense." Yeah, right, right. It's like, oh shoot, we got to play this Fangio defense. Yeah, you know. So great job by the Eagles. That's what you want, and God bless. You. That's yep, what you, you want in the, with Philly. Philly is tough. Yep. It's, it's that type of city, and they want that type of defense, and that's exactly what uh, Vic Fangio brings. Yeah, I think I think that it, it, this was an excellent hire all around. I don't understand how he was still hanging out there. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Could have been the cheesesteaks. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been the cheesesteaks. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, next up, uh, speak, you know, we talked about the uh, – the Chargers a little bit earlier. We'll, we'll talk about them again. The Chargers hire former Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh as their new head coach. Jim Fraudbaugh. Welcome back to the NFL. Welcome back, Fraudbaugh. You really don't like old Jimmy, huh? Uh, give me a break. And so, to Jim Harbaugh's credit, had a good tenure with the Niners. Four yeah. years, three years in a row going to the NFC title game, right? Yeah. Took a bad Niners team that the year before he got there, I think was what three and thirteen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. turned them around. Turned them around. Three straight NFC title games, a Super Bowl appearance. Came in after Mike Singletary. Yep, Mike Singletary drove that team into the ground. Made Alex Smith turned Alex Smith's career completely around. Right, really. I, I Harbaugh is a good coach. I I understand everybody's apprehension. As far as the sign stealing scandal and whatever the case, so I, I get that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, and 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 I I'm apprehensive about Jim Harbaugh because of how he burned the Vikings for a larger contract from Michigan. Right. I'm still apprehensive, but I would be remiss if I didn't say that Harbaugh was a good coach because he is. Yeah. Whether or not anybody wants to admit it, I know everybody's you know sitting there. Oh, that motherfucker! He stole all these signs and da 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 da. I get it, but he's still a good coach. Yeah. And Coming back to the league, he comes to a really good situation. Justin Herbert over there, 
uh, signed to a brand new giant contract. So you've got, and he he's come out and said Harbaugh has all that. I feel like Justin Herbert's the best young quarterback in the league. Whether or not he's just saying that, whether or not he's going to go get J.J. McCarthy, eh, we'll see, right? right? But no, that's just coach speak. Give him. I, I think if you give him a great running back, I think it, it, we're we're already in business, right? Yeah. Get him a great running back in this draft. Blake Corum's going to be available. Hey, hey, hey. You know, I, I mean, there's there are players out there that are going to be available. And Justin Herbert's now throwing the football. Eh, okay. Now we're, now we're talking. I'm here for it. Right. I am here for it. I think that Herbert's going to be a good fit for his offense. I, I really do. And I and, and, and he's athletic enough. Yep. Right. To make things happen. But he, he doesn't run like he can. Right. Or he can run, but he doesn't run. Right. You know, if he's, you don't want him to do that more than what three, four times a game anyway. You know, when necessary or a design thing, but that's not his. You know, yep. main strength. I think Harbaugh is going to wind up. I, I do think Harbaugh is going to wind up drafting JJ McCarthy at some point in this in this draft. I really do. Two backup Justin Herbert, and and I don't know that JJ is gonna gonna replace Herbert. But what I will say is I do I do see J.J. McCarthy probably coming in as a backup to Justin Herbert. And if Herbert winds up going down and suffering another one of these injuries again and J.J. McCarthy comes in, I think J.J. McCarthy and, and Harbaugh know each other well enough to the point where Harbaugh is going to go, we're going to run the offense that we know how to run. And, and that's why I also think that Blake Corum is probably on his way to the Chargers as well. It, it, I think there's those two guys really – are, are who he's going to be staring down. think so. Those skill position players, they do need a new running back. Austin Eckler hits free agency this year. You, you have a situation, I think Mike Williams, if I'm not mistaken, hits free agency this year. So you've got Keenan Allen on a one-year contract. you got to get yourself a receiver. you got to get yourself a backup quarterback because, you know, uh, Easton Stick ain't it, mm-hmm. right? you got to get yourself a backup quarterback. J.J. McCarthy? Okay. that's a To me, that's a high-end backup at that point. High end backup? No. You don't think so? No. Well, you 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 don't think he's a, a good second stringer? Not high end backup. No, you just think he's a you think he's a low end backup. He's a backup. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think JJ McCarthy is good enough to come out there be a high end backup and and win you a couple games while Herbert's gone and then you know? No. No. Because listen, if you here's the defense that you play against JJ McCarthy, clog the middle of the field. Right. Force them to throw to the boundary. In the NFL, they're going to do that. Yeah. And because they're going to know exactly what you can and cannot do, especially all 32 teams that pass on you. Yep. Right? Or 31 with one, <laughs> right? If you're thinking he's going into Chargers. He I likes can, he likes to throw over the middle, down the seam. That's where his money is. Yep. But I'm not, you know, I'm not sold. Not sold? Hey, and I'm, and not I'm, not sold. I'm, not I'm not sold on J.J. McCarthy. As a, a top tier prospect, a lot of people I don't understand he's it. Good. A lot of people pounding the table saying he's a first round guy, and I'm like, no, he's a day three guy. Yeah, but maybe that's just me. Maybe maybe low end day two. You know, you're talking yeah. like bottom of round three. I, I just I don't buy McCarthy in that in that round one realm. Yeah. I wonder. Uh, it's like the NFL sent them the text message for a drug test. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at on that. But uh, moving on. One of the teams that was uh, that I'm so and I'm actually a little surprised that Harbaugh didn't go to this team. The Falcons make a move. 
They hire Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris as their new head coach. Uh, it's about time that Raheem Morris got a job as a head coach in this league. I've been yeah. waiting for it. We were we were we thought it was going to happen last off season. Right, it didn't happen. But Raheem Morris, um, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, yeah, he came out of nowhere because a lot of people thought this was a done deal for Bill Belichick. Yeah, and and out of nowhere, Raheem Morris, bam, head coach. And they and the the Falcons did something that thank you. Stop with these old. A- retread coaches <laughs> you've been bitching about that for two weeks now. yeah <laughs> just get somebody a little bit of younger head somebody who maybe can relate to the players a little bit better mm-hmm. going forward and this ain't new england you can't do the same thing in atlanta that you did in new england it ain't new england it's all a different system yep but i'm glad that Raheem Morris got this gig. Yeah, it's a it's a good gig for him. He was a good. He, he's actually a good defensive coordinator for the he Rams, is. especially you know with the the they had Aaron Donald, but there there was a period there where the Rams were lacking a whole lot of big time talent on that defense, and they still looked pretty damn good. This year, yeah. not so much, but they didn't really have anybody over there. It was Aaron Donald and everyone else, right? <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So I I mean. But he, he comes into a, a pretty positive situation. I'm surprised he didn't get hired last year. I was waiting for the moment he got hired, but he, he yeah, didn't get hired he last year. I thought he was going to get that gig when Sean McVay was going to quote-unquote retire. retire. Yeah, yeah. I think he was was holding out hope for that. Yeah. And he said, all right, well, this that's enough of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And McVay's still not talking about retiring. So exactly. we'll, we'll see how that works out. Go get your money. Yep. And the Falcons, they, they uh, send their defensive coordinator – out the door, and the Jags go out and pick him up, which I'm surprised by. Ryan Nielsen uh, gets picked up as their new defensive coordinator good for the Jags. Good hire by the Jags. Very good hire. Very, very good hire. They also hired former LSU defensive coordinator Matt House as their linebackers coach. I think that's also a very good hire. However, they need to make the right picks in the draft. Yep, they need to draft, and they need to head in free agency. They need to make some moves. They, the secondary for Atlanta was lights yeah. out. Yeah. Lights out. So that's what uh, you so need in, the, in Jacksonville. Yeah, the Jags go out and they 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 get themselves a good defensive coordinator. They yeah. need to they need to make some strong moves uh, uh, at the corner position in particular. They they're yeah. lacking in the corner position. Tyson Campbell's you know <clears throat> Campbell's good, but you need a little bit more. Yeah, you need more than that. Yeah. And and they're they're going to have to find themselves some high end corners. You can probably find a couple in free agency this upcoming. And we're going to be talking about free agents eventually, not this show. But in a few weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, the high-end free agents that are out there. That the NFL Top 150 has been put out there. The Top 150 free agents that are going to be available. Uh-huh. So we'll be talking about that a little bit. Um, looking over at other stuff getting happening around the league, and this is another one that I know you like. Raiders they go out and hire their interim head coach Antonio Pierce as the new head coach. So he winds up as their new head coach. And the one I really, really liked is they are set to interview defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, who I am crazy about as a defensive coordinator. Not a head coach. He's one of those guys that's a better coordinator than a coach. Yeah. But And, and the Raiders also hired the former Chargers GM, Tom Telesco, as their new GM. First, we'll start with Telesco. Um, I don't understand this hire. You know, Telesco was with the Chargers for, I think, 11, 12 years, something like that. He, it was over a decade he was with the Chargers. There was a period of time where the Chargers were really, really good. Yeah. And there's a period of time where the Chargers were really, really bad. One thing I can say about Telesco is he's really, really good at finding 
good quarterbacks. In the, in, yep. Yeah, finding and, talent. And, yeah, yeah. He he finds good talent. I mean, Rashawn Slater's been really good for that team. Yeah. Joey Bosa was a no-brainer. They wound right. up getting him. I mean, they he found good talent in the, in the draft. Mack. Khalil Mack did a deal. Yep, he, he's he's done some good things. So Telesco is not a bad GM, but if I'm looking over at at the current composition of the Chargers, am I super impressed? Not really. Well, um, see, and here's another thing that now this you got this guy who knows whose contract is up when. Yep. You know, in 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 Los Angeles, and say, hey, you need to get, hey, coach, you need this guy. Yeah. We need to go after this guy or that guy. So there's that's another element, you know, hidden. Yeah, yeah. The, you you gotta you gotta find the guy. You gotta find some guys out there. And hey, these guys, this guy has a contract up. Let's make a move for him. And, yep. and there you go. It's it. He knows. Yeah. So I mean, it it's it's going to be interesting. And and the Chargers do have a lot of those contracts that are about to be up. And they're going to yeah. be looking at some of these guys. It's it's yeah. interesting. There you go. Um, moving into the um, but Antonio Pierce, great job, great job, Lockley. Yep, Vegas gets the slow clap award of the week. No more retread coaches. <laughs> no more retread coaches. Uh, and, and Antonio Pierce, you know, he he those players played for him. They did. They did. They played hard for him. And and, and now you get to keep Devontae Adams. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. And Adams was was pounding the table for for Pierce. So that yeah. that was a big one. And you look over at um, you know they. The defensive coordinator situation, the, the Raiders' defense needed a lot of work this last year. And if there's anybody that could turn it around, can turn around a defense. Like, I mean, you saw what he did in Buffalo. If yeah. there's anybody that can turn around a defense, it's Leslie Frazier. He, he had a great defense in Minnesota. Yeah. He had a great defense in Buffalo. He's got a great defense. He's going to put a, together a great defense with the Raiders if he gets over there. And he's yeah. already got a piece in place in Max, Max Crosby. Crosby. I mean, this this is this is it right this is yeah. the, he's the guy for the job you know yeah oh yeah absolutely they're uh, the Vegas organization making smart decisions finally 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 it's After been a while so long. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> the, like the Vegas making good decisions and and one of the lesser moves around the league also the Giants they hire former Jets assistant special teams coordinator Michael Michael Gobriol. As the new special teams coordinator, I like this because the Giants have had bad special teams for a while. The Jets have had good special teams for a while. They get the assistant, the the assistant special teams coordinator from the Jets. That's a smart hire for the Giants. I like smart this hire, you know, smart hire and a place for uh, for Mike. Yeah, what I call him, Mike. So, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to keep spreading his wings. Yep, and and it's and really he gets to stay put. You know, they yeah. share the stadium. He doesn't have to move from New York anywhere. It works right. out well for him. Just keep the same offense. Right? He get, gets right a gets there. a promotion and you know stays in the same spot. Stays yeah. put. Just changes the colors. That's it. Um, now moving into these these uh, in, the injury reports for these upcoming games. Uh, folks, these ones are going to get a little interesting. 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel, he did suffer a shoulder injury in that divisional game versus the Packers. I talked about it earlier. He's entering the NFC title game versus Detroit with no injury designation. He's set to play. Uh, get ready, go Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, because he's coming for you. It's all about pain tolerance at this point. Yeah, yep. the Lions uh, currently offensive guard Jonah Jackson. He's going to be out. Khalif Raymond, wide receiver Khalif Raymond, he's going to be out moving into the NFC title game. That hurts. That one's painful. That that's yeah. painful. You lose you lose basically your number two receiver. And and this this is an opportunity. Raymond. Raymond. Uh, I mean, 
He's more like a, are we, are we gonna, like a four. Are we really going to talk about Jamison Williams and pretend like he's the number two? No. Josh Reynolds all, is all, clearly the number two. All, all, all he is, all he is is number two. Yeah. Ha. Jamison Williams. Ha, ha, ha. He is number two. You know two. what? You, you, he might catch a big play oh, God. Uh, in the NFC title game and, and, and do some damage. But I will say this. Uh, Jonah Jackson being gone, that's going to hurt the Lions. Yeah, Khalif Raymond, his impact is felt more in the return game. Yeah, but he will catch a uh, a, a key third down. Yeah. Jared Goff has gone to him multiple times, and and he's been he's caught some critical passes. He has critical passes in yeah. in some of those games, and that he's going to be missed by that that Lions offense. In the AFC title game, we've got some stuff going on, and this is one of the reasons I'm I'm leaning Ravens here. First of all, Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco is listed as questionable for the AFC title game versus the Ravens due to toe and ankle injuries. Um, Pacheco, a violent runner, he seeks out that contact. He's been playing these cold weather games and just beating on people, and it's starting to catch up with him a little bit. And part of the reason it's catching up with him a little bit is Chiefs offensive tackle tackle Joe Tooney is out. Tooney, Tooney, however you want to pronounce it. I say Tooney. Out for the AFC title game versus the Ravens due to a pectoral injury. Um, Yeah, that's painful. He's their easily, I mean, outside of Creed Humphrey, he's their best offensive lineman. And uh, he's he's been spectacular. I'm going to have to change my pick. Yeah. <laughs> Next, also the Chiefs have defensive tackle Derek Nottie out for the AFC title game versus the Ravens due to a tricep injury. Derek Nottie, um, he filled in for Chris Jones pretty admirably versus the Lions um, in Week One, and he's filled in pretty admirably. He's he's basically their their sec- number two defensive tackle over there, and he's yeah. performed really well. I think he was a late round pick too uh, when he did get selected in the in the draft. So I mean. You gotta you gotta like him, but he's gonna be out uh, versus the Ravens due to a tricep injury, and also linebacker. Sure, I can't change my pick. Yeah, Jay, you can if you want. The Chiefs linebacker Willie Gay is also listed as questionable for the AFC Championship game due to a neck injury. Um, he's been been kind of playing the hokey pokey with injuries all year. Uh, Willie Gay has, and and he's been playing through a lot of lot of stuff. So. Uh, he's listed as questionable moving into this game for the Ravens. Uh, corner Marlon Humphrey is listed as questionable for the AFC title game uh, versus the Chiefs. He's got a calf injury, and but the big one that that popped up uh, a couple days ago, uh, Ravens tight end Mark Andrews. He's been activated from injured reserve. He will play versus the Chiefs in the AFC title game. It's a huge coup. For the Ravens. Okay, I think I might change my pick. <laughs> you gonna change it up? You going with the Ravens? Man, you coming to the dark side? You coming to the dark side? Come on. Ooh, that's that's tough. Come on. Come on, Mahomes. Give me the Chiefs. <laughs> You're All still right. gonna roll with roll with the Chiefs. All right. <laughs> and uh, that is our our news around the league, and and that's our show. No. That's our show. Yeah, pretty pretty cut and dry stuff this week. Um, we got, uh, it's divisional or it's uh, conference championship weekend, yeah, conference buddy. championships, buddy. This is the, this is the, the epitome of nut cutting time. Like, I mean, that's, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's winning and you go to the big show, the big dance, the big game, the Super Bowl, whatever you want to call it. Everybody calls it the big game or whatever. Well, and, we don't have to worry about uh, multi-billion-dollar sponsorships, so we gonna call it the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's it. And uh, you know, it's lose, and you you go home with your tail tucked between your legs, and yeah. back to the drawing board. And and uh, 
man, I got to tell you, this this uh, this this year has been uh, wild to say the least. And and we've seen a little bit of a changing of the guard, but we're seeing a little bit more of the same. Patrick Mahomes again, AFC title game. Yeah. You're seeing the Ravens have a resurgence. They they've they've always been relevant. Always, always been relevant, but they've never. It's been a long time since they've been to this point. We haven't seen it, you know, since that that legendary Joe Flacco run in the playoffs, ten touchdowns, no interceptions, yeah. you know, mile high miracle, all that jazz. Yeah. <clears throat> we haven't seen that. It's been a long time. It's been what twenty twelve, I think. It's been I think it's been eleven years since we've seen the Ravens at this level. So that's exciting to see. Uh, on the other side, it's been. Since 1991, the Lions for the first time since 91 sit in the NFC title game. Um, 30 years. Yep, over 30 years. And now you're talking about the San Francisco 49ers. You know, they, they have been, we've been waiting for the Niners to get through. Yeah, to break through to the get Super back. Bowl, get back to that, that point that they were at under the Harbaugh regime. <clears throat> and they, they did it once and then they lost. Now they're going to try and get back and then they. You might have the Ravens waiting for him on the other side. Who knows? A rematch from the lights out. Yeah. The night the lights went out in Georgia. Yep. I mean, it's it's going to be something. Or was it was it Georgia or was it New Orleans? It sounds better when I say Georgia. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> the night they hung an innocent man. And folks, I, I really, really hope that uh, you have yourselves a wonderful conference championship weekend. We're making white chicken chili around here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm getting ready for that. Conference championship weekend, white chicken chili, beer, hell yeah. That's nice. that's the jam. So, um, And I'm making a little beer cheese dip, too. Yeah, okay. buddy. Okay. I'm going to experiment with all that. And then uh, Alex is out on the, the Chris Jericho cruise right now. Uh, big shout out to him and Steel Twins Gaming. They're doing some awesome. Steel got the juice. Yeah, they're they're doing some awesome stuff over there at Steel Twins Gaming. Check them out. Uh, they're they're going to be jumping into that Apollo Justice stuff pretty soon here. They've been doing a lot of different uh, a little little throwback action actually. They've been doing a little bit of N64 stuff and whatnot, which I'm all about because that's uh, mm-hmm. that brings me back to my childhood a little bit. So enjoy that. But check them out, Steel Twins Gaming. Uh, I think they just moved their streaming. Uh, a little bit. They they went from Wednesdays. I think they're switching to Mondays. So uh, check it out. Steel Twins Gaming. Also, Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Our boy Will over there. And, and actually, now he's No Shot Bot. No uh, Shot Bot. <clears throat> no Shot Bot. Check it out. Um, formerly known as Big Willie Dubs Gaming. He's doing a lot of fun stuff over there uh, with with his channel. So check both those out if you're looking to, to you know check out some cool video games. Check out some of these streams. These guys are are just killing it lately, and they're getting a lot of lot of looks, a lot of lot of followers. And uh, it's good stuff. So check those out. Uh, Boots, let's talk about books. Mm. Those things that I'll read. Yeah, well, yeah. I listen very good to them. Though. Yeah, well, but now, are those that, for you, is it the books where the, the, they're reading to you and then they have to turn the book around to show you the pictures? <laughs> <or? laughs> I've moved on from those. <laughs> Just graduated from those. Yeah, but let's talk about I Ate Cookies Out of the Trash. I Ate Cookies Out of the Trash. Wonderful new book. Author Tammy Pruitt. It reads like a conversation, but it's not a boring one. If you have issues with weight, you have issues with self-esteem, issues with negativity, issues. It, there's a plethora of issues that you may be going through, and there's something in this book for you. Yep. It is therapeutic. It is funny, thought-provoking. It's a wonderful book. Read it. Yeah. But you can only read it if you order it online. You can't just walk into a store. We don't do that, Ron. You got to order. 
Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. It's on Apple Books. Get it, download it, read it, and reread it. Yep. And and by the way, we got to pause here real quick on on uh, talking about our our sponsors here because we have breaking news. We have breaking. News. We have breaking news. Per ESPN, per Jeremy Fowler. Wait a minute. We need a breaking news song. Well, da, 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 da. Well, well, don't worry. We'll, we'll put it in there. But the, the Lions are... You don't want to use that one? Really? Da, 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 da. Is, that, is that what we're... Our new... All right. All right, all right. <laughs> the, the Lions are not activating Zach Ertz off the practice squad ahead of Sunday's NFC title game. So he will not be playing in the NFC title game in spite of signing him. Oh. Well, that's okay. He'll be playing in the Super Bowl. Oh. Bold. Bold. <laughs> bold. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's a thing. Um, moving back to our sponsors, let's talk about let's talk about um, uh, 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 Patch Miracle Photography. Hey, our boys over at Patch Miracle they do awesome did all, they do awesome work. They uh, the best photographers around. Andrew his wonderful wife Chantel. They are tremendous. You get you're looking for wedding photos. You're looking for graduation photos. You're looking for baby pictures. Mm-hmm. You're looking for first birthday pictures. Talk to them. You're looking for looking for. Uh, maternity pictures. You're looking for look, looking for engagement photos. You're looking to do that sexy boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life. Check them out. PatchMiraclePhotography.com. The best photographer in the Metro Detroit area. Highly recommend them for all your special occasions. They do outstanding, outstanding work. These are high quality pictures, and and they, I mean, they made me look like a supermodel. Yeah, yeah. I look, yeah. I look damn good in my wedding photo. I can say that. I thought she was marrying Brad Pitt. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I but looked three times. <laughs> but check it out, Patch Miracle Photographer. If Patch Miracle Photography, you can find them on Facebook, or you can check it out, PatchMiraclePhotography.com. And, uh, yeah, get yourself some pictures taken. Also, Face Kicked Apparel, our boy Sean Stockmeyer, his awesome wife, Lisa. They're doing all kinds of stuff over there mm. with these shirts, if you want custom shirts. Hats, hoodies, pants, you name it, you pick it, they stick it at facekickedapparel.com. And uh, as usual, boots. Get your face kicked in with savings. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> also, let's talk about IYTMassage.com. It's hey. your time, massage. Hey, I, I hear somebody in this room get, is getting a massage here pretty soon. Oh. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. Well, when, when when is it then? Well, 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 the boots. I hear it's you. You what? I'm <laughs> gonna get a first hand account. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it's your time massage. The best massage therapist in Metro Detroit. And guys, I gotta tell you, we're, we're, I'm excited, boots. I'm excited for you. I'm yeah. excited for you. Yeah, you're gonna have and you're gonna get a massage. It's gonna be tremendous. You're gonna love it. You're you're never gonna look back. You're gonna go, man. I'm going to it's your time massage. Man, I got all this tension. I got all this the, the built up knots. I got the weight of the world on my shoulder. <laughs> Dealing with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just need to get it get it worked out. Yep, yep. Well, over at It's Your Time Massage, uh, she does Swedish t- Swedish massages, deep tissue. She does. A, she can include CBD oil. She has the paraffin wax. She she does cupping. You you, you name it. She's gonna help you out. And she's going to get you right and get you feeling right over at It's Your Time Massage. Check it out, IYTMassage.com, or you can find her on It's Your Time LLC on Facebook. It's and, your time. Take care of it. Yeah, remember, it's your time. And uh, Boots. Yeah. That's our show. Oh. That's it. That's all we got. 
So, yeah. That's all we got, man. We, Conference Championship Week, we are depleted. Just the whole love. Uh, all right. <laughs> more love, more Jordan love. You're, you're really... You're really hurting about Jordan Love. I'm hurting about Love, man. <laughs> it's going to be okay, I promise. <sighs> you, you, I mean, you did tell me he was going to be a tremendous quarterback this year. He, when he's when he's on with his fundamentals, one of the best. He's I. <laughs> he's I. He's I. But folks, that's our show. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Conference Championship Weekend and is is on the way here. So tomorrow, enjoy those games. You got the, the one at three o'clock, one at six o'clock, depending on your time zone. So uh, check that out. And thank you so much for listening. Enjoy Conference Championship Weekend next week. We'll be talking about the Super Bowl. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. You're probably talking about us because we're the only thing to talk about. Ciao. I, I think I do him justice when I do that. You do. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah.